And this guy, he's like, hey, what does it take to get this song into a rotation? <laughs> you know, like, that sounds more like Dracula, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. No, that's but good. it sounds yeah, Russian. Good. That's so, good. Uh, hey, hey, you know, uh, my friend, you know, uh, this song is good, no? Yeah, it's from good. And he's like, hey, you guys, you guys like Russian beaches? <laughs> and we were like, what? You know, Russian beaches. You add song and you come up to my shop and you take your choice. I have, I'll have Russian beaches <laughs> waiting for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard Radio Flyer with nonstop service around the world. Heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and now YouTube. Your safety and comfort is important to us, so please direct your attention to your flight team. Freddie Rivera and Michelle Zuno. Man, it's it. I cannot believe it's almost been a year since Nick Knack was here. Uh, and by the way, episode something, Radio Rockstar, look them up. Honestly, one of the top 10 most downloaded podcasts of Radio Flyer. Yeah. And I brought you another talent. Uh, this guy has worked at multiple radio stations. He's multi-talented. One of the best I've seen on the ones and twos. And he's DJed pretty much everywhere. I've come to know him on a, on a, on a more personal level. And I, I feel like... He has some interesting introvert qualities, I believe, that uh, really tr- bring out the true talent of who he is. Uh, his name is Jared, but I've known him as Mr. Swift for a long time. So, ladies and gentlemen, first time on Radio Flyer, give it up for Mr. Swift. Hey! What an intro, Freddie. I appreciate it. Man, I can't believe you're yeah, here. I'm, I'm here. You know, you know, you sent me a picture, uh, I want to say it was last March or April. I'd have to scroll up on my phone. Okay. And you said, hey, man, look at my studio. You got to roll through. I said, yeah, I'm going to roll through. And I've kind of been watching you on the IG like, oh, look at all these guests coming through. And we kind of, you know, we had a couple of tentative dates and it never panned out. But I'm here now, damn it. So You know what's funny? Every time Mm -hmm. I've moved into a new spot, Swift has been there. You know, Swift is at at this house. Yeah. Okay. Moved to Los Feliz. Swift is at my Los Feliz apartment. That's right. I think you were probably the first guest. I I probably was. Yeah. You, I, you were there. I woke up after a night of tequila at, at the Westin, <laughs> at the Westin uh, Bonaventure in downtown LA, and I say, "Freddie, didn't you just move? <laughs> yeah, send me your address. Yeah, I'm coming through. Yeah, which is not far from there. Not yeah. at all. So it's been interesting because we've had a lot of talent from 991 KGGI. Yeah, that's from, our uh, old stomping grounds from back yeah. in the day to today. Mm-hmm. That's where you and I met. Yes, 991 KGGI. But yeah. I, I want to talk about you because you've always been. Like in front of the camera, on the mic, mm-hmm. but also on the turntables. Yeah. But you've, you're the kind of guy, and, and if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. You're 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 an observer. Okay. I feel like <laughs> you're, you're also an observer, and you're, yeah. you're that intellect that can process, save, and you know evaluate later on. Okay. Maybe that's that's how I evaluated you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I feel like you and you and I could bring back a lot of stories and and oh, your man. experiences of ninety nine one. There is a lot of stories. But let's start from the beginning. Okay. Why and how did you even want to become a DJ? And how did you? Wow. So let let's go back to nineteen ninety three. So I'm I'm aging myself. I'm dating myself there. Okay, right? those are the those are the good days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in '93, I was a freshman in high school. There now you can now I'm really dating myself. <laughs> so uh, I grew up in Long Beach, right? And I grew up listening to Power 106. Yep. Uh, then across the street was 92.3 The Beat, and then it yep. became 100.3 The Beat. So that's kind of the two stations that I grew up with. And then I you know I watched Yo MTV rap. So I grew up on on hip hop, right? And uh, in 93, I remember turn, uh, putting the radio on and these two dudes, the Baker Boys were on. 
and they were like a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. at the time, if I'm not mistaken, were they already in mornings or maybe they were in afternoons? No, they were in mornings at the time. And so, you know, I would listen to them on the way to school every day. Yeah. So that was kind of like my introduction to like, okay, this is radio. You know, they had a lot of energy. That's, yeah. you know, kind of their, their vibe. They're like, you know, to kind of like that club energy kind of mm-hmm. thing. It was actually a show show. Yeah, it was a show. it was a show. Yeah. And it was like, you know, and it wasn't like the, the days of now, in and out, one thought per break, mm-hmm. 30 seconds. Seven, se- seven nah, seconds. No, these dudes were just, and again, it's a morning show so they could talk longer, but yeah. not just that, it was like they would mix too. So, yep. you know, for me, you know, a lot of people know me being on the air as Mr. Swift, the, the, the on-air jock, the on-air personality. But I started on the turntables, like you said uh, in uh, my wonderful introduction you gave me, Freddie. So for me, listening to them, I was like, all right, cool. I kind of like, all right, these guys have energy, but they're pretty good on the, in the mix. They're clean. You know, they mix well. So that was kind of my introduction to being bit by the uh, radio bug, yeah. I guess you would call it. So yeah. so you were, you were a fan of the Baker Boys. I was. And you said... Mm-hmm. I want to do that. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because so, we've all said that. I want yeah, to do that. Right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, you, you're uh, 13, 14 years old. You're like, man, what an awesome job. You know? So you became a DJ. Yes. Uh, and then you started doing friends gigs, mobile gigs, yeah, or yeah. what? So what I did, I begged my parents to get me turntables. My mom was like, we no. We all did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, mom, my mom was like, no, we're not going to get you turntables. You know, you're going to mess up your grades because I was a very like studious student you know if that's the right word like I was oh very... you were so you were really good at, at school yeah were... yeah and then you know once I became a DJ I went I went from like an A minus student to a uh, <laughs> to a C plus student just like how your mom said okay <laughs> for me it was like I would come home every day all my lunch money my mom would give me I'd take that money and go to the record store you would <laughs> and yes, buy vinyl. that's what I'm talking about yeah so you would drive yourself or find a ride yeah go to the record I, I would store. get on the damn bus you would get hey. on the bus I wasn't old enough to have a license yeah and I didn't have no damn friends where I lived so where where, where, where I was living the friends I had were like my age so I was like no, no one had one, a car no one had a car yeah, so yeah. You, you were so in love with mixing and yeah. DJing that you took the bus I got on to the, the local record shop I got on the city the Long Beach Public Transit and put two quarters or whatever it was at that time in, into the bus and then what what record street. store would you go to? Do you remember the name? The one I went to was in Long Beach. Okay. And it was on the east side of Long Beach in the, uh, well, <laughs> it was in the gay area of Long Beach. So this area in particular, I remember this because I'd always look for the hip hop records. Mm-hmm. The owner was gay and he was always like in there on the house records. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, I like some of those house <laughs> records and he yeah. was always like, mm, Mr. Swift, <laughs> why do you want to buy these rap records? Because I like this shit, damn it. I can curse on you, right? Yeah, okay, course. cool. So, but you know, so that was kind of the whole thing. Um, yeah. God, you know, it's going to come to me at some point if I can remember the name so, of this place. So you go over there, you start, yeah. you start, you start stocking up on the hip hop records. Yeah, yeah. What were some of the first vinyl records that you bought? The very, very first vinyl record I ever bought was from a group called Funk Dubious, and it was called uh, Bow Wow Wow. Do you remember that song? I remember Funk Dubious okay, well, for sure. Look, look it up. It Get up on YouTube quick. or Spotify or whatever you use. It's called okay. Bow Wow Wow. And funny story, uh, the the rapper from that group, he he was the night jock at Power 106 at one point huh. when I was in high school. Bow Wow Wow. Wow. That's a cool intro. See, they, they had that very early 90s sound. Oh, yeah. Totally 90s. Yeah. And then his voice, watch when his voice comes in. I put you in my trunk. Like a good fella. Dude, so this was your first record. That was the first vinyl I ever bought. Man. Random, right? 
And it's a, it's a lime fluorescent green vinyl, too. Uh, can you visualize the record just spinning right now with the... I can. So that was your first vinyl. Yeah. That started everything. Because I remember yes. my first... Which was yours? Um... My first vinyl was Mark V and Poogie Bear. Oh, yeah. Uh, w- uh, was it War or one of those records? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. This uh, means War. That one? Oh, ah! I know. Michelle. I know my stuff. Hey. <laughs> we talk about back in the day. Okay, so you know, what kind of gigs are you getting at this uh, at this time in your life? Really? Honestly, I'm DJing in my bedroom, and okay. every now and then it's like, hey, Swift, can you do a birthday party or can you do a... Um, you know, something small like that. Hmm, like for an, free? Yeah, for free. <laughs> yeah. And here's this, the kicker. After I got the 1,200 turntables, right, I didn't have, like, mobile DJ speakers. You know, back then it was, like, Sir in Vegas or whatever you had. Yeah, yeah. So you got to use a friend's speakers. Um, but I really didn't get too big into the mobile stuff until right after high school. And I, I remember doing a house party in Carson. And this is, uh, you know, Carson has a lot of Samoans that live there. Okay. And so we did a party. I brought my home amplifier with, like, the wooden speakers. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's great. That's and I great. brought it to the party, and we had it cranked so loud that, like, it shut off for a little bit. Had to, <laughs> had to cool down. You know, I had to put a fan on it. And I just Dude, remember, like, I, 300 Samoans. Not 300. I'm going to say, like, eh, 100 Samoans. Big 400-pound dudes looking at me, like, turn that shit back on. Not my fault. What did you do? Not my fault. What did you do? No, because... I, I, I just kind of looked there. I, I froze. Dude, that's happened to me. That's happened. I, I yeah. brought my, my dad's, you know, uh, uh, wooden amplifier yeah, right, yeah. from the 70s. And with, with some big old speakers. <laughs> yeah. And what happens is. Take them to a gig. Uh, the speakers are too powerful. Mm. So the amp has this it like shut it. off. It'll shut off. Yeah. It can't. And you have to wait for it to like <laughs> yeah. cool down a little bit. And then bit. it'll go back on. Oh, it was the most like, embarrassing yeah. thing ever because everyone just looks at you like. It's crazy, what happened? right? And, and then you're like, uh. And then when my friend that booked me for the gig, uh, he's a Samoan dude. Shout out to my friend Ryan. Uh, and he was like, hey, man, you're going to get the. They charged at the door. Like, you know, it was a house party, but yeah. they were charging a cover. And then lo and behold, at the end of the night, someone had took off with the shoebox of cash. So we didn't. Oh. We, did, we got jacked. We didn't make shit. Uh, <laughs> those so, days. Remember those there days? There went your money. Man, there went my money. I was like, damn, we DJed for like six and a half hours. You see, kids, back in the day, we had a thing called house parties where house we would parties, invite man. the public into yeah. your backyard and you would charge. Yep. You would charge. And you'd it have was fun. your biggest friend who had muscles yeah. at the door to yep. check people. Yep. You'd have a great time, make a little money. Everyone had a great time and that and was it. you had flyers that to pass it. out. The flyer parties, yeah. <laughs> okay, so first of all, how did you mm-hmm. afford those $500 Techniques SL1200s as a, as, a, as, a, as a young Mr. Swift? So it was me. Well, before that, I had a belt driven. Yes. And then, uh, <laughs> which I took from my father's home like stereo <laughs> entertainment center yeah. kind of like what you said with your with your dad's and then i had one that had pitch control on it and so it was okay. like all right cool i could blend on one side and the other side i couldn't blend right yeah. and then no it was just literally me begging my parents that one day my dad i think about it for christmas or my birthday it was one of those awesome so and you know what's crazy i have those same turntables right now i'm not using them but they're in my garage wow and they're really beat up and like like yeah. one day i'm going to restore them though and like they've been through a lot yeah I mean, they've been through a lot of uh, war, and I'm gonna put I'm gonna restore them one day and put them in a glass case. Those things are yeah. like uh, built like titanium, man. Those things are they are they run forever. Core, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first club gig or first, mm-hmm. what was the first event or gig that set that 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 made you think to yourself, okay, this is actually working for me. Mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm doing so, this is leading to something. Oh, so okay, so first weekly club gig I ever did was out of high school. So, I mean, I had done a couple one-offs, right? Like during high school. But first weekly nightclub I did was actually with John Magic. Oh, um, no way. Mm-hmm. So we used to do a club on Thursdays in Irvine. It was called Sensations. But it was next to McDonald's. And I remember we would go every Thursday. And I was 
a freshman at Cal State Long Beach at the time, and I'd have class the next morning. Yeah. yeah. And I would literally like you know, have my milk crate of vinyl because you know there was no Serato back then. I had my milk crate of vinyl, and I think I had. English class, whatever class I had the next day. So I would have my homework in that thing because I, I wouldn't play until yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't play until like 1130 or yeah. whatever time it was. Yeah. For whatever reason, I don't remember the whole story, but the, the backstory, the promoter always wanted everyone there because we were actually part of this crew. It was like, you know, the crew. Yeah. So he wanted everyone there like at 845, 9. I'm like, all right, shit. Well, I'm going to sit over here on the side of the booth and do, do my damn homework. homework. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that works. Yeah. <laughs> Swift would sift through his uh, record crate yeah, yeah. with all those, and, and in between some of those vinyls was like a mead notebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody thinks pencil. he's taking notes yeah. And, yeah. and writing down songs. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, I was I was 18 or 19 at the time, whatever it was. I mean, I wasn't enough to drink. I, I, shoot, I wasn't even drinking back then, so it was just like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to sit here in the club, my skinny ass in the corner, I had glasses at the time, and I'm just going to like, <laughs> but then I would get on the turntables and, uh, you know, I'd get on there and do my thing for an hour, and I'm like, oh shit. Would you get paid for this? No, <laughs> but but wow. you you were getting the experience though. Yeah, I think they might give me like twenty bucks for gas, right? Or you know, you go to Alberto's or Denny's after you know whatever the yeah. And it was like a big deal. Like every Thursday, I drive from Irvine to Long Beach, do this club. Uh, one of my best friends, shout out to Cooey. Cooey was the MC, and then Magic was also MCing too. But Magic, John Magic, he was from another crew. I could be wrong, so forgive me, John, if I said wrong. I think he was from Groove Line, and he would pull up with two dudes from Rialto. And they would spin too, because they're from another crew. Okay. So it was like they would spin, and then I would spin, and then my other homie would host, and then he would host. So it was like, yeah, we all go back. Groove so, line. Doesn't that sound like legit? Like a <laughs> like a like a legit party. I, I, I think it was groove lines. If again, John, if I'm mistaken, man, text me. <laughs> or uh, Groove Line or Groove Time. No, Groove Time was a record store. Anyway, but yeah, that's the first time I met Magic. Uh back so in ninety seven. Wow, you guys go way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you go from, you know, DJing uh clubs? Mm-hmm. And parties and, you mm. know, uh, 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 crafting that skill in your room you yeah. know, when you're not doing gigs mm. uh, to eventually break it into the radio industry. Okay, so I don't remember how we met these dudes because I was going to Cal State Long Beach, but I met a couple dudes who were doing a Thursday night hip hop show at UC Irvine, okay. right? And so we went down there. I think I might have went down there one week as a guest and they were like, yo, man, you're pretty dope. You and your boy should come host with us every Thursday. So every Thursday night... 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. We would, yeah, it was like 1 a.m. That's rough. Yeah. We would go down there and we would mix like on vinyl. But it was cool because it was a real radio station. And I think they had like, you can hear it through most of Orange County. Like you could hear it all the way up to 405 up to like Garden Grove, Westminster. Yeah. So I was like, oh shit, we got the Orange County audience listening to us. Like, and people would call in like, hey man, that was a dope set you did. And, And we played underground hip hop, which now they call backpack hip hop. So that's like, Exhibit before Exhibit was a mainstream artist. Eminem when Eminem was still an underground artist. Jurassic Five stuff like that. Yeah, so, I always felt like that was for like the educated hip hop crowd. You know, like the yeah like the, with, with the cool squared glasses. And <laughs> and the yeah, but I was like, you know, it was crazy at the time. If you look at like L.A. radio, uh, you had underground hip hop on Power. Yeah, you had Friday yeah. Night Flavors, which was the Baker Boys, and on the, and then you had the Wake Up Show, which was Sway and Tech on the beat. Mm-hmm. But that was that was my first introduction to doing a radio. It was that college show in Irvine? And the coolest thing about that gig was there was a campus gas station and the dude from the campus gas station he works by himself hey man give me a shout out and we'd always give him a shout out and the the coolest shit was he's like hey when you're done pull up i'll fill up your gas tank no so we were like yo every thursday we're gonna get a full tank of gas we're gonna shout you out if he was working he he would rotate schedules would that happen again would that that ever happen now that would never happen now i mean gas was probably only a dollar a gallon then but shit if it was now yeah but it was free i don't 
Oh, he probably man. got fired after a while from doing that for us. <laughs> that was like, all right, this is the first radio prick I've ever got was free gas, right? Wow. So, so you, how long were you there at the uh, Irvine station? A couple of years. And then uh, at the same time, I got an internship at Power 106. Well, not at Power, but I got an internship uh, for Nick V from the Baker Boys. Because I, had, yeah. I hadn't met them. I'm going to tell you a trippy story. So let's take it back to 1995. Okay. I'm a sophomore in high school. Okay. The Baker Boys, I had met them at, um, they put out a mixtape on Thumping, remember Thump Records? Yes. Yep. Thumping Quick Mixtape or something like that. Okay. They were doing an in-store. They were promoting the the, the mixtape or the mix CD, whatever. They did an in-store at a warehouse records. <laughs> I was in 10th grade. I pulled up. I met the Baker Boys there. They were signing copies of their tape and their CD. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm like, yo, man, these dudes are like my radio heroes, right? Like, so I pull up, I meet Nick V, and my ass only been DJing for two years. I had made a tape at home, like a 15, 20 minute demo. I gave it to Nick. And then literally an hour later, when uh, probably after the, uh, the, the remote, I guess, you know, they're getting paid to be there. He sends me a, a text message. Well, not a text message, a page oh. <laughs> on my beeper, on my he, pager. He paged yeah. you. Yeah, he paged me. You know, back then, if you got a page, damn, I'm really dating myself again. Yeah. You got to go to a self, uh, uh, excuse me, a, a, a payphone. And if you don't got a quarter, you can't check the voicemail. Yeah. And if you do have a quarter and check the voicemail, you better have another quarter to come back, right? Yeah. So that never happened. But I called him back when I got home. Okay. And he was like, yo, Swift, I heard that tape. Man, that shit's pretty good. Hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm DJing a club in, um, matter of fact, it might have been out here in the IE. It was Chino. At the time, I was living in San Pedro, right? So, you know, I was raised in Long Beach, but my parents got a house in San Pedro. But they kept the Long Beach condo so I can keep going to school in Long Beach. You know, some, you know, some, because uh, I was like in the smart kids program. They wanted me to graduate there. Oh, we don't want to go to school in Pedro and become a fucking knucklehead loser <laughs> piece of shit. So anyway. Definitely staying in Long Beach. Yeah. Nick V hits me and I talk to him. He goes, hey, man, I'm doing a club tonight in Chino. Chino, isn't that the, when Snoop talks about uh, be, yeah. being in the bus to Chino when yeah. he was going, you know, and Murder yeah. Was the Case song. You're all, his prison so is, like, the prison is there. Oh, shit. He's, de- he's teaching a club near the prison? Yeah. So I'd never heard of Chino. So, oh, except in that song. So. I tell my parents, yo, one of the Baker Boys wants me to DJ a nightclub with him. My mom was like, she put a, she hit the brakes on that real quick. Yeah. You're 15 years old and blah, 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 blah. I know you're going to go over there and there's going to be women and drugs and booze and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And so Nick was like, well, if you don't got a car, see if your parents will drop you in Burbank at the radio station. You can roll with me. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, just say you're going to be at the radio station. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, uh, so it never ended up panning out. For the next year, I was like, after that opportunity, I didn't get that opportunity again for a long time. And I told my mom, you fucking ruined my opportunity. <laughs> I would have been on the, ra- I would have been doing mix show by you now. my but, life. Yeah. But, uh, you know, whatever. In, re- uh, in retrospect, you know, what I, I get it, you know. It's it's tough, though, because when when you have talent and you're trying to do something at that age, <clears throat> mm-hmm. timing is, timing doesn't it's always everything. work in your favor. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's crazy. If a door opens, you know, you got to jump at that opportunity. But, you know, at 15, <laughs> no money, no at car. Fi- that's, that's very young. <laughs> that is very and young. so... And so after that, uh, after that didn't happen, that club, uh, the following Friday, uh, he invited me up to the rail station, the Power 106, when they did that Friday Night Flavors, that oh, underground hip hop show. So you went? So I went, my parents dropped me there at the show. And okay. I'm, here's what's crazy. I'm going to tell you, and I went there with my best friend who we went to Crosstown Rival High Schools in Long Beach. We get dropped off there at like nine o'clock on a Friday. Okay. And I told him, hey, come back and get me like at 1231 a.m., right? And they're doing the show. And I'm, you know, we're, we're in Burbank on the eighth floor and they're overlooking yeah. the city. And I'm a 15 year old kid. And I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. You know, like I'm like, 
I'm so like geeked. Like yeah. I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah. Like this is so dope. These guys have the best job in the world. I mean, not only because like, you're at a radio station, but you're at a radio. You're at Power 106 in LA. Yeah. yeah. Glass doors and walls everywhere. Yeah. And, this, yep. and you're looking at the city on a Friday night. Yeah. And and that I think that was the moment there. I was like, yo. I need to find a way to do this shit and get paid for it as well. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, but here's what's crazy too. That night they had quite a few guests. They had, um, the Wu-Tang clan up there. No Ooh. kidding. Yeah. And the you know, Wu-Tang was huge in 95, yeah. obviously. Right. I think they were all up there except for old dirty bastard. He might've been in jail at the time or somebody, but I want to say almost all the original members were up there. Wow. And then when they left method man and red man came up separately. And I'll, I'll never forget this. Like, like they're, uh, you know, Nick V's on the mic over here. And then in the mix room, Eric V is playing an instrumental. And I remember Method Man and Red Man standing on the counter right here, freestyling on the mic. And then uh, one of the Lakers at the time, Cedric Sabalos, played the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. He was up there. Wow. As well. So all of this is happening yeah. on the very first night you're at, you're chilling at the radio station. Yeah. I sat there like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so crazy. But, 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 like, but, but then, but then yeah. it's the feeling of, no one will ever know <laughs> what the heck you happened just have to, to tell me. the story. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and it's just it's never gonna it's never gonna translate. Yeah, because right. it, it's over with. It's done. But it's you lived through it and experienced it. I mean, yeah. Wu Tang Clan, Power One Hundred Six, mm. and you got Cedric Sabalos. Yeah, all right there in the same it night. Was crazy. That's a lot for for it was a lot somebody. for a fifteen year old kid like up there. And I was just like, man, this is crazy. So I left that night. They gave me a couple of free, like vinyl, free records. I was like, hell yeah, I got some free records. You left, you left, he left glowing in the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, I went home. I was like, I got to practice harder, man. I got to get good. You know, I want to get on the air. And so, you know, that was, uh, what, 95? And then, you know, for the next couple of years, you know, I'm graduating, you know, going through school. And like, I remember I was, I kept hitting Nick V up every couple of months. Hey, man, put me on, put me on. And it was just more like, they were going to put me on. It was kind of like, ah, you know, like whatever, you know. Other DJs were getting on. Mix Show was kind of expanding. Right. Yeah. I remember they put on Speedy K, and I was wow. like, "Man, if you guys could put Speedy K on, yeah. you guys could put me on, man. We're damn near the same age, <laughs> yeah. but whatever, you know." Yeah. Speedy had his his way in, so it was all good. This is what it takes to get in, and you know, this is what it takes to get yeah. in. And yeah. I was, you know, I was doing runner things. I'm Buster Rhymes was up there one day. They sent me to In and Out to get a, a double double or a burger for Buster Rhymes. I would actually open up the vinyl back in the days of vinyl. So I'd go through the mail room. I would open up the vinyl. I'd go in the mix room, I'd put the vinyl on, and they'd be like, yo, listen to the vinyl, let us know which one do you think is dope and not. And then I would like, you remember that you put the sticker on the vinyl and you'd put the BPM yeah, on it? Yeah. So yeah. they'd have me BPM mm. the record. So I was just doing that, answering phones, requests, yeah. whatever. Like it was just kind of like- That's awesome. Doing intern things, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. So how did you go from being an intern uh -huh. to, uh, to, to your next gig? So when I was done interning there, oh my God, it was about a little over a year. Then I got like a regular um, office job well, I was, <laughs> I was managing a telemarketing call center. <laughs> it was, well, that's a whole other story. We won't get into that. But uh, <laughs> no, at the same time. I was, you know that mm -hmm. I worked at a telemarketing company. Too. <laughs> did you really? Oh, yes. No shit. I did. Okay, well, I'll give you, the, I'll give you the short okay. story of this. <laughs> I literally, again, dating myself, I went to the Penny Saver, which, the was, penny a, saver. which was a little newspaper like you would get every yep, week for free in the, the mail. advertisements. Yep. Ads for like, hey, you know, are you looking for love? Or yeah. are, you, <laughs> are you looking for a mattress? Or do you want to buy a couch? Like, it's just classified ads, yeah. right? Yep. Almost like, so I looked in there. I needed a damn job. I had a girlfriend at the time I was living with, and I was just like, all right, I got to get a job. And so... uh I, I saw on there, you know, telemarketing uh, call center. I wasn't the manager right away. I just knew it said like $9 an hour. And $9 an hour in like 1999 was like decent, I guess. Right, right. Decent. So I was like, well, shit. It says all, you gotta, all I got to do is talk on the phone. I'm pretty good at talking, damn it. So <laughs> let me uh, take this job. So I went in there. I didn't know what it was at first. So I was selling timeshares. 
they would give you these lead sheets of phone numbers and we were calling the Bay Area and we would schedule people to go into a 90 minute timeshare presentation in the cannery building in Fisherman's Wharf, San Francisco. Mm. And so it's basically, hey, if you want to attend this, hey, you guys want to attend this presentation? If you attend, you get, you get, a free you get $150 free. to Black Angus or you'll get a, a three days, two nights in uh, in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. And it's literally, you know, that's what you sell them on. Yeah. And so I was very, very good at getting people to sign up. I don't know how I did it. But yeah. I was very, I would book like three to seven people a day and some people would be there. They, they wouldn't get a booking all week. And so after I did this for like three or four months, the, the manager, it was a weird husband and joy and Steve. <laughs> so he pulls me aside when he goes, Jared Swift, um, you know, joy and I were starting two more call centers in Michigan. Oh yeah. How would you like to, uh, manage and do what I do here? Dude, I was 21, 22. Wow. <laughs> I looked like I was 14. I had glasses, a skinny <laughs> kid. So I, from that point forward, I started coming in like with the shirt and tie. You know, yeah, the shit. Oh, that's and cool. so, Chin and, up and everything, walking yep. with confidence. And, and so I'm the one now every week. I got to call the damn uh, uh, penny saver and I got to keep listing the ad and relisting it and doing all that. So basically they went to Michigan and I was running this call center like wow. 21. Wow. I had like 60, 80, 60 to 70, 80 employees sometimes, depending. Yeah. It's a high turnaround, dude. Like the turnaround was probably 75% turnaround. You have already, already developed the talent of being a DJ. Yeah. Right. But now you're, you're starting to pick up the confidence of being able to, the, the gift of gab. Yeah. Right? The, you, you, People. You, the, the, yeah. you learn how to sell. I learned how to sell because I'm literally selling to strangers on the phone. Yeah. And I would tell these people, hey, you know what? Oh, man, I don't know about this, uh, this, this presentation. Because I'm calling people between 5 and 9 p.m. When they're coming, when they're home, they're trying to watch TV. They're trying to, you know, eat dinner. Eat dinner and I'm interrupting their family time. <laughs> and you know, the biggest, I'll make this quick. I'll make this the, quick. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> if you can keep them on the phone yep. more than a minute, Yes. It's yes. up to you. Yes. After it's like eighty percent sold. I want to take a moment. Yeah. If we could all close our eyes for a second. <laughs> okay. If, if Swift, you could just take us back, and we Uh-oh. know, we know yeah, it was a long like time ago. Oh my god. You're calling but, us. But Michelle, you, yeah. can you be the person yeah. that answers? Oh my I god. Can, okay. I, I could do this. Right, here go. we go. Here we go. All right. Ring, 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 ring. Hello. Hi. Hi. Is this uh, uh Michelle? Who's calling? Hi, this is uh, Jay with Shell Va- Vacations. How are you doing tonight? Oh, Jay. You know, I'm right. I'm right in the middle of uh. In the middle of what? You're cooking dinner cooking or something? and... Okay, yeah. we'll put it on simmer. This will only take like 10 seconds of your time. So All basically, right. I'll, I'll give you the, the short side of it. I'm not selling you anything. I'm just basically offering you the opportunity at a free Black Angus gift card or a three-day, two-night stay in Lake Tahoe simply by attending a presentation to talk to you about possibly your, you know, your future vacations with you and your family. When's the last time you and your husband went on a vacation? Oh, you know, I don't really want to pay anything. You're not going to pay anything. It literally... It's 90 minutes of your time. Do you do you work in the Fisherman's Wharf area? Have you been to Fisherman's Wharf? Oh, I've been there, yeah. When's the last time you went there? Mm, it's been a little while. Okay, so I got something for you. The last time you and your husband went to Black Angus, when was that? Oh gosh, I wish I could go. We haven't gone in a while. You okay, know, so kids and so stuff. you know they got you, you know you got good filet mignon. You, they you, do. You know, I like got, it there. Okay, so here's what I'm ch- telling you to do. You can go to this presentation. It's not high pressure. They're going to talk to you about vacations. You know, optional if you want to you know get into the point system. But if not, take that 150 dollars to Black Angus. Walk out. There is a Black Angus like two blocks away from the from the building. But what if How's I don't want to buy anything? I you don't, don't really. Buy anything. I don't want to sign up. I don't want to buy anything. You don't have to. You just got to show your ID and then just go on in there with your husband and then bam, you say hey, I don't want nothing i don't want anything and just i'm taking this damn steak dinner and me and my husband are gonna enjoy a, a little date night you know what so i mean you're saying That's free it. just for free free right? free essentially because it's 90 minutes of your time we just ask for you to just keep an open mind when you go in and then you know just kind of listen to you know about the futures of vacations and what could uh, be for you and your family and and not during work time right i can go after no work. no so we have various presentations six days a week monday through saturday uh and a lot of the presentations are in the evening because we know everyone works nine to five so you know going down there after traffic we have, even have like a nine nine thirty presentation so you have no traffic there and no traffic on the way home 
Okay, what, my food's burning. So what do what do you need? From okay, me? so all I need from you is and then them you, you got the idea. <laughs> Damn, you're taking it back. That you're taking good. it back. That was good. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Wow, that was good. That was Thank you, man. Really no, good. it's so crazy. So what's crazy? I was doing that call center, and then I was doing a club on Thursday nights. Now this is a different club now from ninety seven ninety nine or ninety seven to two thousand now. So in uh, two thousand, I was doing Thursday nights at the arena in Hollywood. Woo woo! Wow, I love yeah. that place. Again, with John Magic. So John Magic wow. was the MC. And okay. I would and I would DJ there too. So that was in two thousand. I love that so club. yeah because John and I we we came from like the Asian Filipino nightclub scene. Yeah. So yep yep. So you took over the telemarketing gig and you're, yeah. you're gaining confidence, which is yeah. important for what's happening next. Yes. So what which is happening? Is, next? Uh, which is actually my first on air gig. So now you know, remember I told you I was interning for the Baker Boys of Power yep. in ninety eight. So I'd already left there. Now I'm doing the telemarketing thing, and I'm still doing the college radio show, and I'm doing Arena on Thursdays yeah. with Magic. And then I, I'm driving my car. I'm, and, and now at this time, the Baker Boys are gone. Now it's the Goodfellas are there, right? Yep, yep. And so now I'm driving my car in traffic going home. And I hear the Goodfellas. And they, they pull like the promotions director on the air. Shout out my man, uh, Biff Campos. And so Biff, Biff actually used to work in 991 too, way back in the day. And so Biff was like, hey, we're, we're hiring street teamers here. So the power street team was called the Flavia Unit. That was what they yeah, were called, yeah. right? So I called and I literally drove up there, filled out an application, no different than any Yahoo off the street. Right. And I'm in the, this is 2000 now, I'm doing the telemarketing job, but I go up there in the daytime to Burbank. I'm in the uh, lobby, right, in the waiting waiting area. And I'm in the lobby with Speedy K. (laughs) (laughs) And Speedy K, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's trying to get his job back, right? Or he's trying to do something. And I'm sitting out there, John Magic walks by because Magic was working there at the time. Okay. It goes full circle. It does. (laughs) He's walking by and then, you know, you got the glass window and he sees, Oh, Swift, you here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's up, man? So he comes out and greets me, says what's up to me. And then, and then Biff, who's the promotion director, he sees that. And so Biff, and then uh, Mr. Chalk, who was the mix show director at the time, he was doing the lunch mix. Uh, shout out to Chalk. So by me being there, filling out the app, and then the promotion director seeing that I already knew Chalk and I already knew Magic, yeah, I kind of had, I wasn't a shoe in I still had to try out. Yeah. So this is what's crazy. I don't think they ever do this anymore. But I had to try out to be on the street team. Even though I'd interned there really? two years earlier, I submitted my app. I got a call back. I said, hey, can you come down on whatever time? We're going to meet at the Bob Hope Park right across the street next to NBC on, on Olive mm-hmm. uh, or Alameda, whatever it is. So I think it's Alameda, actually. So it's like a block across the street from Power 106 or a block away. We meet at a park and they have about 60, 70 people trying out. Now, mind you, there's three or four positions for the street team. We're yeah. trying out for like a $6 an hour job kind of shit. But they're like, here, here's a microphone. They had a PA system, CDs at the time, T-shirts, tickets. You got one minute to talk on the mic and act like everyone else here is your crowd and you're at a live remote. So I went on the uh, mic and- Hyping them up. Did and some hype. That. Hey, who is do a contest? Yeah. And did that shit. So I did that. Obviously, it went well. I got a call back. A couple days later, like, hey, Swift, we want to offer you a job on the Flavor Unit. I was like, yeah. like, mm-hmm. So it's great. I had to try awesome. out at a park yeah. like, with yeah. 50, 60 people. A lot of yeah. stations did that back in the did day. Did they? Yeah. yeah. Lot, especially the hip-hop ones did. Yeah. Because, because they they're, they relied on their promotions team heavily more uh-huh. than other radio stations because you know they were more on the street. Yeah. yeah. You so want they, that presence. they needed yeah. a, good street, a good solid street team. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And because radio stations had a little bit more clout. 
Yeah. So therefore, people tried harder to even get the gig. Man, know? I was trying hard for that that six dollar an hour, six twenty five, whatever it was. Like, <laughs> and it's crazy. You know, I I had interned there two years earlier. Yeah. But the Nick and Eric, the baker, the bakers were gone already. Mm-hmm. So now it's like a whole new regime. Like I knew chalk, but other and magic, but you know, regime. Yeah. Regime. <laughs> new, well, you know what I mean. A whole, a whole yeah. new uh, staff. <laughs> a new, whole new administration. Yeah. <laughs> so. So you uh, got the gig. I got the gig on the street team. I did that for a year, and at the same time, I find out from magic from john that he's like hey man um i might need some mixers here and at the time he was doing power and he was doing kku in palm springs u92.7 so because power he was only doing weekends and i think at the time they kind of if i'm not mistaken they, they weren't scheduling him as much maybe and so yeah i think i think well, what did he tell us that his promotion director at the time mm-hmm. said hey if you want to get some real experience you can get more hours if you work in palm springs right oh, yeah and so mm-hmm. he, he he was like where's like, wait, what did he say well he said it was like oh it's so far yeah. yeah yeah it's so far but 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 he took the gig which gave yeah. him more experience it did in so, turn. so i guess that was a, a, around the time you're talking same about. time yeah technically he was still on the payroll at power but they weren't really scheduling him. You know, it was just one of those oh. things on the weekend where I think the full-timers were voice tracking more. I don't know exactly. Um, but yeah, hey, he ended up in Palm Springs. So he hits me up. And I mean, I, I did ask him, like, hey, man, if you ever have an opening, you know, you're young, yeah. you're hungry. If you ever had a mix show opening, yeah. you know, I'm your man. You know what I mean? Like, we've already worked in the clubs. And so, yeah, he put me on uh, on a Saturday one day. And I was living at the time, I was living in Garden Grove. So I drove from Garden Grove to Palm Springs on a Saturday to Ooh. do this mix show from 6 to 9. And it ended up being every Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm I'm working at Power, right? I'm getting some vinyl because I'm on the street team. But now that I'm on the air on a mm-hmm. mix show and I got call letters behind me that I'm on air. Yeah. Now I'm getting on all the mailing lists from all the yeah. record labels. So now it's like hell yeah, I'm getting all the, the 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 uh, the test press vinyl, the promo vinyl. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting you know because I'm mixing every Saturday. Right. So so now I'm going out there every Saturday. Are, are you meeting like the record label reps too? And all yeah, that oh, now? I'm, I'm starting to go to all the parties. Uh, you know, so like shout out to uh, uh DJ Delvin who was at 991 at the time and he was my roommate and so we moved actually so after garden grove i went to long beach for like a couple months back to long beach and then he was living in long beach and then we ended up moving to grand terrace next to colton okay, okay. yeah because yep. it was like he was he wanted to be more involved in 991 like you know to be closer that's close by and i needed to be in palm springs which is halfway to palm springs as grand terrace right because long beach to palm springs my god dude sometimes that was like yeah two and a half hours two one way hours. yeah in traffic god. three hours with traffic how did you like being in the palm springs market i i liked it surprisingly um i would never live there i mean maybe now that i'm older if i you know i had like a really nice house and yeah. it is know, an whatever. older community yeah palm yeah. springs <laughs> but uh and i am older now damn it but uh <laughs> but no so at, at the time it was like all right John Magic, I was on there, a couple other DJs. We're all living out here, like in, yeah, like, yeah. you know, Orange County or Inland Empire or, or LA County. Mm-hmm. And we're all making that commute. When John left to take the gig in Fresno, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, well, let me tell you how I fell into his, I ended up filling his shoes. So, okay. oh no. So this is what happened. Long story short, the guy they put on to replace Magic when Magic left to uh, KBOS in Fresno uh, was a young kid named Mighty Mike. Mighty Mike was going to, I believe, ODM's birthday party at Metro and Riverside and got into a car wreck and ended up in a coma. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, crazy, right? I think it was O's birthday. I could be wrong. I know, I know it was at Metro. So now I'm at home in Long Beach. I'm living in Long Beach at the time. I was going to school full time. Now I'm actually I'm going to Golden West College in Huntington Beach. I'm taking radio courses and some other shit, trying to wrap up my. Genes. You are such a scholar, Swift. Yeah. Not really, He's man. Like, I still go back in school. Now I'm back in school. No, so now like, I'm in school. I was doing radio one day a week. I was doing the clubs, but I was I, I had 
12 or what's full units? I don't know if it's been so long. 12 units is full time. Yeah, 12 is full time. So I was doing Tuesday, Thursday, like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. So I was like mm-hmm. hitting all four classes, whatever That's what it was. That's what I was doing. So just two days a week, and I got five days off and do my club shit and my radio shit. And so I was doing that. I get a call uh, from my program director, Ant Dog. And Ant Dog was like, I Swift. remember Ant Dog. Yeah, Ant Dog used to be on 991 right? So Ant Dog was like, Dog, Dog, Swift. I was like, Yeah, bro, Dog. Mike crashed his fucking car coming back from Metro last night, dog. Oh, damn, is he okay? No, he's in a coma. I need you to fill in on the night show. I was like, I'm on the way to school. Well, fuck that. You got to fill in on the night show. <laughs> so it's like, so I fill in for the next two, three months for the rest of that book. <laughs> and my ratings, I had like a fucking 41 share, like some crazy. God. Yeah. A I'll, 41 share? Bro, I don't know. God. Maybe we were like the best signal in town. because That's I, awesome. I know I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And at the time, I'm very green. I'm very new to it. So, yeah. you know, but, you know, I, I, I mix good. I think I'm decent on the mic, but I, no way to have a 40 share, dude. That's it's awesome. just got to be rigged. I do. I fill into the end of the book. They bring me in to uh, our GM's office, Gary. We used to call him. Well, I'm not going to say what we call him. He was, uh, <laughs> he, he was like, uh, he was like, uh, who's the teacher on South Park? The, okay. Mm, good. Mm, good. Drugs are bad. And good. <laughs> Mr. Garrison. Mr. Garrison. Mr. Garrison. So the, the, this the dude is Gary. Shout out to Gary, man. So Gary pulls me off his, Mr. Swill. <laughs> yeah. Mm, Ant Dog and I have been going over your ratings. We are very impressed. And I was like, all right, cool. And the, you beat Art LeBeau. And I guess we were doing Nights Against Art LeBeau. I was like, oh, that's a pretty big deal. You know, in that wow, market, it too. Is. It's a yeah. big Latino market. Mm-hmm. So I'm beating Art LeBeau by playing all these Ludacris and Jay-Z and Snoop records? Yep. Yes, you are. Okay. Cool. So we would like to offer you the night show? I was like, all right. And, that, and it wasn't even salary. I, I got a $2 bump in pay rate. $2 an hour bump. I'll it, take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that is how I ended up moving to the IE. So I was on 5 to 5.30. Then I was on the air 6 to midnight as the jock. It was brutal. You know what I mean? And I did the morning mix for Ant Dog. So during my night shift, I would record my mix into Cool Edit. Because I would do the 7 a.m. mix. I was doing the 7 a.m. mix, the 5 o'clock mix, the traffic jam mix, and then I was doing the night show 6 to 12. And you took a nap sometime during the day? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> somewhere in there. Some nap, some. And I was still doing school two days a week, and I was commuting back and forth from Long Beach, wow. too. Yeah, it was oh crazy. They would let me voice track the last hour, so I would take off, yeah. like, at 11. And that's when I first met o- ODM, because uh, ODM, was he would host Gotham. Mm-hmm. And right. so, you know, Delvin was on the air with ODM at night, and Delvin was like, yo, man, when you, when you got there in Palm Springs? Like, 12. Voice track. Meet, meet us at Gotham. <laughs> so we go to Gotham, and then, you know, we, we start drinking at Gotham and yeah. hanging out. And then we go to the Rocks Club in Riverside. That's my first introduction to the IE. Was okay, like, okay. But, Ant yeah. Dog was great, though. He was always really nice to me. And, yeah. uh, was he? Yeah, Ant Dog was just, was, was just a really solid dude. He was a good program director, man. He gave me a lot of freedom. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> he hates me for this. He always tells me, he goes, hey, man, I took the most shit from you than any other jock I ever put on. So, like, I would play a record, and if he didn't know what it was, he would hotline me. <laughs> and I would tell him, like, uh, no, I'll give you an example. Well, no, I don't know this particular record, but I played some record. Maybe it was Missy Work It. I think that's what it okay. was. So at the time, that vinyl was only sent to certain DJs. Delvin got it because he was on 991. 991's a bigger station than KKU and Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. So it was like the white label test press. Yeah. I told Delvin, are you live tonight? Because sometimes he would pre-record. He was like, no, nah, I'm off tonight. Hey, can I use your Missy record? Because, you know, we're still on vinyl. Yeah, yeah. take that shit. So yeah. I took it to the station one day. I played it at 5 o'clock. He was like, yo, where did you get that? Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, it's, it's my roommate, Delvin's. Put it in the computer, like load it into the yeah, yeah. computer and give it, assign it a cart number, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. 
So I would do stuff like that. And then like I'd play a record. But one time he, he would hotline me. No, I would do something. I would do a bit and it wasn't like talked about and he didn't like the bit or whatever when I was on the night show. And then he would call me and hotline me. And I was like, bro, do you have nothing else to do? I can 10 at night. <laughs> and I would tell him, dude, if you hotline me again, I'm going to go in the control room. And I'm going to unplug everything. And he'd be like, and I said, and then you're going to drive in from Indio where he was living here to Palm Springs and tell your wife you gotta, why you got to leave at 11 at night to reboot the station. And he'd be like, <laughs> If you didn't have such high ratings, I'd fire you or whatever you tell me. I was like, well, boo-hoo. I said, just don't bother my show, man. I got the 41 share. Don't don't trip. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming from there, that's how you transitioned to GGI. It's from... Oh, there was, there was a stop before that. So Really? Yeah. So <laughs> Wow. I got a, uh, I'm living in Grand Terrace. I'm uh, waking up. My normal 9 or 10 a.m., probably hungover because we used to drink every day back then. And by the way, uh, uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing the tacos, by the way. So we yeah. some hard shell tacos. Oh, yeah, man. You know, they look bomb. It's taco, uh, it ain't Tuesday, but it's Taco Thursday, I guess. Taco hey. Thursday. Yeah. But no, you're welcome. Uh, so I wake up. I got a phone call from Man Dog. Dog, are you near a radio right now? And I still had a receiver in the room with a damn antenna going up, like, you know, like a full receiver <laughs> yeah. with speakers in my room. I'm like, yeah, why? Put it on 96.1. So I put on 96.1 and they're playing West Side Connection. And I'm like, I was like, what's this? Dog, it's the new rhythmic station in the IE. I was like, oh shit, there's a new rhythmic? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready on the phone. I already found out who the consultant is. I already found out the owner. I'm already setting up an interview. I'm going to get this gig as PD, bro. And then you're going to come over and you're going to be my music director. So basically, I found all the information on all access. I submitted a resume, an air check. They ended up hiring Picasso instead of uh, Ant Dog. Picasso is also another KGGI alumni. I feel like everyone was a damn KGGI alumni. Right. Like, or worked there at some point. is up in Reading? Yeah. So nice. he hired me. Uh, well, he became the program director. Right. I drive to Hemet. I found out where this station was. I had never been to Hemet, dude. I'm driving down that 215. It's far. I'm driving down there. I'm like, yo, where am I, dude? Like, I'm driving by bull farms and yeah. shit. Like, <laughs> in the middle of yeah. nowhere. I've never yeah. been down there. There's farm, a lot of farms, farmland. Mm-hmm. So they're testing a secret aircraft. At yeah, March, right. Air March Air Force Base is right there, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I pull up to the station. It's in a strip mall, dude. Like literally, uh-huh. like, um, I think the, even the sweepers might have said broadcasting from a dumpy strip mall in Hemet. Like, if I'm not mistaken, dude, almost like how Jack FM says something like, like you yeah. know, broadcasting from whatever in Culver City. So I remember driving the strip mall. I walk in there. I'm like, yo, dude, this is like a, it's like, you know, I'm probably next to like a checks cashing place and a Metro PCS. Like what the, f- <laughs> so. A water store. Yeah. So I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone, a, a pawn shop. So I go in there. I, I give my air check. I get a call back from Picasso. He's like, hey, uh, Swift. Yeah. Hey, this is Picasso. I was like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Hey, congrats. I heard you got the PD. Yeah. 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 Hey, man, I heard your air check. I like it. You know, blah, 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 blah. Cool, man. He goes, hey, so. This is where I'm going right now. I'm kind of a, I have my eyes on a certain talent and I'm trying to get this person to come in and do nights. He goes, so if that doesn't work out, I want to give you the night show. I'm like, all right, well, cool. Thank you. So I'm second choice. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for telling me that I'm just going backup plan. (laughs) Right. But he goes, either way, um, I want that guy to do six to 10. And if that ends up happening, you're going to do like that swing shift, 10 P to two A. And I was like, all right, you know, whatever. Now, mind you, I'm living across from KGJ. I'm on Spruce and Iowa and Riverside. So I'm like, dude. He said, and he said, the station is actually moving from Hemet to San Bernardino, like where you are mm-hmm. in that uh, building across from yeah. where Jeff Pope is now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, cool. So I'm like, oh, dude, that's like, like less, like eight minutes from my house, like yeah. less than 10 minutes from my house. He goes, you know, I, I'm, you know, if I can avoid the Palm Springs drive every day, then I'm, I'm all for it. So I'm like, cool. So I get the call back, you know, a week or two later. Well, I wasn't able to hire that guy. So how about you want to, how about nights? How's that feel? I go, yeah. So I took the night gig and, uh, you know, I thought actually I called my consultant over uh we had a consultant in palm springs okay uh michael newman he's a pretty well-known guy 
And so Michael was like, what are they offering you over there? And, you know, I told him, you know, X amount of dollars. No, yeah. no. Nah, nah. If they don't pay you this amount of money, at least this, I wouldn't take that gig. All right. But in my back of my mind, I was like, nah, he, just, he doesn't want me to leave the station. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, you whatever. You got to weigh it out. But, you know, and so what, what they were offering me was like 10000 less than what he said I should take, the minimum. And I told Picasso, hey, man, how about you give me this? And he was just like, well, my suggestion to you is if you could find any station in the Inland Empire market that pays that, then go work there. But I will give you a, I think he gave me like 3000 extra. Okay. So I was like, well, at least I got that. So, yeah. you, so you won in the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. Got I got a little something extra. And I took that gig and Ant Dog was pissed. Because he didn't get the PD gig, and he's like, "Dog," but he still left me. Yeah, he, he was like, "Dog, I was gonna make you the music director and this and that." I was like, "Well, bro, I can't stay there forever, man." You yeah, know, and yeah. this is a startup station, uh-huh. so they put me on at nights against ODM. Like that was wow. Yeah, so you know, ODM's across the street. He's got Fabulous. He's got John Legend. Yeah, and I'm over here, and I, <laughs> I got nobody. Like so, it's <laughs> like, and he's across the street giving away. Uh, I remember, dude, it was Jay Z and R. Kelly, Best of Both Worlds concert tickets at Staples Center. Ah. And it was like, that was a big concert right yeah. at the time. Yeah. So I was like, and I come into work and I think the promotion director, shout out, uh, I believe his name was Jose. Jose was cool, cool guy. Uh, and I was like, hey man, what do I got to give away tonight? Shit, I don't got really nothing for you to give away. How about you give away a Wall 96 uh, party pack or prize pack? I was like, what does that consist of? A bumper <laughs> sticker, a keychain, and a bumper <laughs> sticker. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> t shirt. And I said, bro. <laughs> How am I supposed to compete with, with O? <laughs> O's across the street. He's got he's got Jay Z and R Kelly tickets, and I'm giving away a bumper sticker. You know, nobody a wants a bumper sticker. And, a, and it was like, and then I'm doing a contest. Hey man, guess what you won? You got the Wild ninety six prize pack. What's that? Some promo shit that no one gives a shit about. So, and they're like, oh, well, I'm gonna listen to nine nine one and win the and win the uh, concert yeah, tickets. Yeah. Right. So, but so for me to beat O. On 1834 mail, yeah. giving away bullshit was like a big deal. They like, they have the big budget. You guys don't, but yeah. you still beat them in the ratings. I beat them on one particular time. I remember I came in and it was like, I don't think there was balloons or nothing, but everyone was like, hey, Swift, hey, what's going on? Everyone was extra nice to me that day. Yeah. I think they had a cake or like, I don't know, fucking uh, they had something. Wow, okay. And I was like, hey, man, dude, you beat up. And they came and they, yeah. the, uh, uh, the consultant came out with the numbers. And I was like, oh, tight. Do I get a bonus? Like, like what? Do, what do like, I get? Yeah, what do I get? Yeah. Here's a piece of here's a piece of chocolate cake from Stater Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, and a bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get an extra prize pack to give away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, who cares? And when I left Wild, I was out of radio for maybe mm, six months. I went. I moved back to Long Beach where I'm from. <laughs> I was on unemployment. <laughs> I got a little one bedroom apartment right across the street from the beach. Why, why mm. did you leave 96? Wild 96. Oh, I was fired. Yeah. Oh, you were fired. Yeah. Wait. So what happened? I keep hearing this trend. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. So um, <laughs> it happens a lot. Here's what. Here's what's crazy. Note to self. Wait, so, does this not Michelle happen? never get into radio. Note yeah. to self. Does this not yeah. happen it, in your it, industry, Michelle? I mean, okay. No, it doesn't. It, 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 so the phrase, and I'm sure Freddie has heard this, is they say you've never been in radio until you've been fired. Right. And I hear never go on vacation. That's that what too. I, never. I was lucky. I took a vacation. <laughs> I took a two week vacation in Hawaii once at nine nine one, and when I came back, I still had my job, but my Serato box was stolen. <laughs> like this is back when uh, the DJs used to use a thing called a Serato box. That's it's a whole better, other story. It's better to have the Serato box than the job. <laughs> yeah, I still had my job, but now I got no fucking equipment to do my job. Yeah, Great. yeah. But no. Um. So I came in one day, and uh. Well, here here's some foreshadowing or like a prelude to maybe I should have had a, a hunch. I remember I got written up one day. So here's what's crazy. I used to do the 5 o'clock mix on Wild 96. Now, my night show was 7 to 12. So back then, the five they didn't have DJ equipment. There was no mix room. So I'd have to record my mix at home from 5 to 6, burn it on a CD, 
Mm-hmm. Drive it to the station, turn in the CD, <clears throat> give it to the afternoon jock. Cool. Now, one day they wrote me up because I dropped the CD off at like 4.30 or 4.45. And I was like, I always drop the CD off at 4.30, 4.45. No, 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 no. You know you're supposed to be here like an hour before the shift. Well, technically my shift is until 7. I'm just dropping off a mix. Yeah. I mean, and, and really, I could just email the mix in and someone could download it here. I mean, they oh, and they had FTP servers back then and shit, but, you know, they wanted me to burn the mix. So once they, they wrote me up for that, and I think they wrote me up for something else, I don't know. The consultant there, I'm not going to say his name, but... Uh, so um <laughs> that's his name yeah uh, the consultant there he was he, yeah he, he's a numbers dude he actually ended he's the one that actually uh i think he got rid of picasso but picasso was smart because he had like a three-year deal and i think if you ever have picasso on the show i'm gonna put i don't like to put other people's business out there but i know picasso and him got into it because he wouldn't add he wouldn't add a record i think it was like juvenile slow motion and juvenile slow motion was a huge record like it was trending you know charting and the guy that was our consultant he was this fucking Revenge of the Nerds looking geek. Literally, like, mm. he was like, and he had like glasses, pocket protector, looked like the dude from Revenge of the Nerds, hunchback, dandruff down his shirt. <laughs> looked look, look like the kind of dude I wouldn't put at my dinner table. So, this dude, but he was a numbers guy. I give him that. Yeah. So now we got our, our my homie Chris Lowe is the interim PD at the time, and I'm doing nights. Now they're writing me up. I come in there one day, and Chris Lowe was the interim PD at the time. He pulls me to the side in the room. And he's, he's like my homie. Like, yeah. you know, he didn't want to fire me, but yeah. it was the other dude, the consultant made he's him fire like, me. He's like, hey, Swift, man, man, I hate to do this, man. And this was like, uh, like a week before Christmas, maybe. Like, oh, no. This is, yeah, this was like December, like 15th or 16th or 17th, you know, like a week or 10 yeah. days before Christmas. Yeah. Damn. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm about to let you go, man. They, here's your last check. And then, you know, they gave me like two weeks severance. Yeah. But I walked out of there. I was fired. Is next to my, uh, my homie Noah. Shout out Noah Ayala. He works at KDM Power now. He... Him and I, I think we had the highest ratings at the station. Like I was doing nights. He was doing mornings, actually. And we had the highest ratings. I told the guy, the consultant, I was like, hey, man, how come um, you're firing me, bro? Like, are my ratings good? Yeah, well, you know, he had some kind of excuse. I was like, yeah, you just don't like me, dude. That's cool. I don't like you either. So (laughs) give me my money. I'm out of here. Yeah, that was it. You know, I mean, I was more polite than that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And that's why he sent Chris in there, because Chris is my homie. Right. 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 I mean, he went there, too. But it was just like. So what was this, like, 06? This was 04. 04. Mm -hmm. Okay. I leave wild and then uh, uh, my lease is running out in my apartment across from KGGI. Well, I was like, well, I'm not working in radio right now. I don't mm-hmm. need to be living here. Yeah. Right. So I moved back to Long Beach yeah. and I rented, a, I got unemployment. Thank God I got the unemployment. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I don't know. They must have called the station and spoke to Chris and said, oh, uh, we had to release him because of a uh, uh, budget cut. Yeah. Because I think that if you're fired, you don't get the unemployment. Right. right. I know there's some kind of. If you're laid off, you do. Yeah. So that's whatever it was. Shout out to Chris because he probably said the right thing. So I got my unemployment. I moved back to Long Beach. I rent a little apartment. Right across from the beach, I'm across from a bar called Yankee Doodles. I know they had a Yankee Doodles in Santa Monica near the pier before. Uh, and so I'm renting an apartment, and I'm across from a Vons. So every day I'm sitting in my apartment, and I'm just chilling on my unemployment. I'm buying a bottle of Grey Goose at Vons, and I'm just going to the beach. I'm like a certified beach bum that has my own living off unemployment. And I got a little bit of savings. That, that doesn't sound bad at all, does it? No. That's a good life right but, there. But that shit's going to run out eventually. Yeah. yeah. So then I get into the t-shirt hustle. I start pressing t-shirts and selling them on eBay. So I'm like, cool, I got my unemployment. You know, I'm making like, I don't know, 1800 I think I was getting like nine or 950 every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I was like making another 1000 or 1200 off T-shirts. And I was That's like, damn. Cool. So I'm making like three Gs a month, just chilling at the beach, like doing my own shit. And I'm still doing like a, the occasional club. But I was like, ah, f- radio, I'm out of radio. I'm not doing nothing. Like, you know, whatever. So I'm sitting there. Who was it that called me? It was my old program director from KKUU in Palm Springs. Uh, not Ant Dog. Okay. Patty Moreno. Okay. Patty is the... 
PD that hired John Magic. Right. And I remember I've that heard name. Her name yeah, yeah. Before. And then he she said, hired me. Spoke a lot of great things about Patty Moreno. Patty yeah. was cool. What's crazy? I'll, I'll go back to that that whole story of uh, Palm Springs. When Magic left over there, she asked me. She had put me on the air once when she was still in Palm Springs. This is before Andog was in charge. They put me on the air. I was so fucking nervous, dude. Like, I'm even though I'm in a small market, and she was like, "Hey, I want you to come in and do on air from four to six mm-hmm. as a jock." And I went on the air, and I was like, "I ready to do my first talk break." Aunt Dog was standing there. I think she was in the hallway listening in her office. I was so fucking nervous. Yeah. Even though it's a small market, I was still yeah. like, damn, everybody's listening yeah, in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. I did my talk break. I hit the post. And after that, I was like, sigh relief. Like, Yo, man, that shit was good. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So then she tells me, hey, Swift, I'm going, I'm taking two weeks for vacation. I'm going to Fresno and I'm actually going to interview to get my old job back in Fresno. And if I get this job, I'm not coming back. Mm. Like, and she told me, like, she gave me the heads up. So she never came back. And then she hired magic uh-huh. and then at one point she tried to get me to move to fresno too to be the mix show director she okay was, she was hey uh, i can give you 25 hours a week you'll be doing weekends and fill-ins but you'll be doing four clubs a week because uh basically their mix show director burned a bridge with a guy that owns like four of the nightclubs in the market and that way they're not, they're not doing any advertising on the station he's like, i'm gonna fire this guy and hire, bring you in <laughs> yeah. and repair that relationship and you'll be djing all the all of his clubs and i was like yeah I don't know about that. And she was like, oh man, apartments there are like $400 a month at the time. You know, this is yeah. like 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't know, man. Fresno, five. That's like, every record rep was calling me like, yo, take that gig. Patty called me. You should take that gig. Cause then she'll teach you selector and then you'll become the AMD. Then you become the MD. Then you become the APD. And then when she leaves, you'll become the PD. Yeah. All the reps want you, want you to get in there. Yeah. That way they get all their songs added and <laughs> shit. <laughs> but it was just like, eh, whatever. So I, I never did. And, it was, in, in retrospect, it was the right move to stay because, mm-hmm. again, unfortunate for Mike, he crashed his car and ended up in a coma. I took that night show and then- Whatever uh, happened to him? Poor mighty Mike. He recovered from his coma. And then when I left and ended up at Wild and 991, he eventually ended up back at that station doing the- uh, oh, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. After Ant Dog was gone, I think, and all the other stuff. So. It's a great ending to that story. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to okay. Okay, I, I know, how did you end up- At 991? At 991. Okay. So I leave Wild 96. I'm living by the beach. I'm, li- I'm living the gray goose. Chilling. I'm living the gray goose and ocean, ocean breeze, breeze gene. Uh, I get the call from uh, Patty Moreno. Yeah. She's running a station in San Diego now. Blazing 98.9 XMOR. She goes, what are you doing right now, Swift? I said, Patty, I'm sitting on the beach. <laughs> I'm pressing t-shirts and drinking gray goose. Yes. And uh, living my best life on the beach. Right. And she goes, well, uh, I'm looking for mixers. I need some mixers down here in San Diego. Would you be interested in mixing? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I haven't, I haven't done a mix show like in six months. Well, do you want to mix or what? Yeah, okay, cool. Uh-huh. I'm going to email you the playlist. Come down. Yeah. I go down there to San Diego. Yeah. She's doing, uh, you know what they're doing? Kali Caliente Mix Weekends. I think she stole, oh, straight sold yeah, the name that Power and Six yeah, had. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so it's summertime. Summertime, yeah. it's, it's like May or June. Okay. So end of spring, beginning of summer. So I'm driving down there on my own dime. I remember I had a Ford Expedition at the time. That shit was a gas guzzler. Mm-hmm. I'm driving from Long Beach to San Diego on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. I'm mixing for free. Yeah. And I remember they put me on, <laughs> at the time reggaeton was really big, right? Yeah. Well, it's still big now, but that first instance of reggaeton. The first, like, when, 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 yeah. Tegel Calderon, Nori. Nor and Nina Sky. Yeah. Nina Sky, uh, uh, um, Yisin and Yandel, oh, yeah. Yandel, all those groups, right? Yeah. Daddy Yankee. Tegel yeah. Calderon. Yeah. <laughs> so all, Daddy Yankee, yeah. So they had, they had a, a reggaeton festival. And this is how I tell you, man. I don't know if Patty did this to me on purpose. But whatever. She had me mix one day for nine fucking hours, bro, Ooh. on a Saturday. I did <laughs> I did noon to three, and then I went and checked in a Motel 6 
in shitty ass Chula Vista or some shitty Motel 6 in the bad area of Chula Vista. <laughs> and I went and took a nap. I mixed noon to three and I came back and mixed from six to midnight because uh, the entire staff was at this reggaeton concert they were promoting. Wow. And I was like, yo, I just mixed for nine fucking hours on vinyl. Yeah. On this really tight playlist. Yeah. And I was like, and they were just doing call-ins. You yeah. Know, they, they had a board op and they, they were doing all the jocks were calling in. I'd mix for nine hours. Yeah. And then my homie Juice Rock who lives out here in uh, Ontario, he picked me up and we went to the Tego Calderon. We went to the after, after party uh, with Eddie One. Was, Eddie One was doing the after party. And we left that after party and I had to be, then she scheduled me at 6 a.m. the next morning, Sunday morning. I was like, damn, <laughs> can I get some sleep? So, and it was all live mixing. I literally had like a melt crate in the yeah. room. Like everyone would leave their, you know, you have your currents in one bag. Yeah, then yeah. you have your recurrents and your golds. But I was very, I'm very, very good at programming like radio. Like, all right, yeah. I'd space out because if I'm doing a three hour shift. Yeah. If I played a record in that first hour, I got, yeah. I'm a, I'll wait and I'll play it again in the third hour. Right. If it's an A or if it's a B, yeah. you know, that's, you know, radio shit. So anyway, I do that. Then I get a call from Jesse Duran as I'm still at that station. Okay. Delvin, my roommate. So you're in San Diego as you get this call. No, I'm actually back at home. Okay, I'm in sure. Long Beach. You're, you're back at home. I'm back showing. on my couch. Sipping Grey Goose. Uh, sipping my Grey Goose. goose. Pressing t-shirts. I think hanging it, out at the beach. Yeah, I think it was a Sunday. And then uh, <laughs> my, my roommate, uh, Delvin, who, was, who I was living with at uh, Grand Terrace at the time. Right. You know, he's, he started making a lot more money off of internet business. And so he was... Was, was it MyMP3Pool.com? That's him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Phenomenal yeah. Uh, uh, record pool. Yeah. It's record pool. Anyway. one of the OG record pools. I want to know how, why Jesse Duran, uh-huh. out of the blue, just started to call you. So... Take us back. So you're you're at the beach. I'm at the beach. I'm, li- I'm living in my my uh you're living the my good apartment. Life. Yeah. You're pressing t-shirts. You're drinking a bottle of Grey Goose. Yes. You're watching the sunset as uh, <laughs> the sun sets yeah. on the beachgoers of uh, what, what, Long Beach, right? Was a lot, yeah, it's like the Belmont Shore area, like the, the nicer part. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm yeah. over there. I get a call from Jesse Duran. Yeah. And he's like, Mr. Swift. I was like, Yeah. Hey, uh, it's Jesse. KG Jai. I was like, Oh yeah, what's up, Jesse? Hey, uh, I'm looking for somebody to possibly mix on Saturdays because, as you know. And has pretty much abandoned the station. I was like, all right. So how did Jesse Duran know who you were? Well, I already knew Jesse. So the first time I ever met Jesse, <laughs> Delvin and I were driving back from Palm Springs. And I remember this. This is the first time I, I ever met Vin Dog. Vin was the host, right? Okay. Vin Dog was the host. Yep. And this is when they were in the old building across the street on yeah, the second the floor. Yeah, the two-story one. Yeah, uh, yeah. A- across the street from 2030, Iowa. And so I tell Delvin, hey, where you at, man? What time are you done? Oh, I'm done at like 1, 1.30. Cool. You want to go to Denny's? Yeah, 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 I'm hungry. Let's go eat. All right, pull up to the station. So they walk me in, and this is back then. Like, if you pull the door hard enough, yeah. it just fucking opens, dude. Like, <laughs> even though it's locked, it'll still open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do that, go up to the second floor. I go in there, and it's just Vin Dog and Delvin. So I'm chilling there, and in typical Jesse fashion, <laughs> you know, Jesse love he loves showing up in the station in the middle of the night to like pick up his headphones or drop off his headphones. So whatever it was, he pulls up. I'm sitting in the studio. Jesse pops his head in the studio. Hey, I was like, hey, what's up? Who the fuck are you? You know, I was like, hey, what, what up, man? Swift. All right. Uh, oh yeah, I, I work. Uh, you know, I work uh, at KKU. Oh, you work for Ant Dog? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's like after hours right now. I was like, oh yeah. Does Ant Dog let you have guests after hours at, at your station? <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> well, actually, he does. Well, huh, not around here. He, we don't. So, dude. Uh, and then it's funny because like, get out. <laughs> no, no, it, it, I, I did. I had to leave. But what? I told Delvin, I'll wait in the car. Dude. Yeah, yeah. But then it's funny because like, <laughs> Vin was like, "Oh, I didn't even know this guy, man." Like, you know, I just met him too. Yeah. He goes, "Vin, did you okay this?" No, no. But Vin ended up getting suspended. <laughs> like, oh, he did. Yeah. Because oh. yeah. you know, it, it, technically, it's his show, and it's yeah, up, yeah, yeah. it's up to him to control the right the room and who's in and who's not in, right? So that was uh <laughs> that's the first time I met Jesse, and then a second time, um, they were looking to hire uh 
a weekend jock. I was still working for Ant Dog at the time in Palm Springs. And so Delvin and DJ For Real, they had told Jesse, For Real worked there at the time, hey, you should hire Swift. Swift's pretty dope. Like, you're looking for a weekend jock. He can talk and he can mix. Like, he could do both. And so they ended up, it was between me and Kid J, and they hired Kid J. Kid J's a good dude. I get it. I would have probably did the same shit. So that's the first time I met Jesse was that night. Wow. And so going back now to when he called me that Sunday, he was like, hey, uh, I need a mixer for Saturday. And your name came up in our jock meeting. So, hey, can you come down and meet me uh, for an interview on uh, whatever? I don't know, the following Monday or Tuesday. So I drive down to Riverside, middle of the day, I don't know, 11 a.m., noon. I'm waiting in the waiting room. And now this is at the, uh, this is now at the current building, right? Like 2030 Iowa. And I'm, I'm at the current building. I'm sitting in the, in the lobby. I hit Jesse, you know, I'm all like, you know, I got my resume and all this shit. Like he needs it, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, and then he comes out, he's like, Swift. Yeah. Sorry. I'm late, man. You're, you're going to have to come with me right now. You remember he, Jesse had that RAV4? Yes. So our interview, like I've been waiting like 30 minutes. Sorry, man. I'm a little behind. Hey, uh, do you mind jumping in my car with me? I need to go somewhere. We could, we could talk in the car. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> okay. So we jump in the RAV4, dude. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got to pull up to this uh, Chase Bank. Or was it Washington Mutual then? I think it was Chase. I got to pull up to this bank in Rialto because Magic Johnson is doing some program for like, you know, like the, like in, uh, first time home buyers in the hood type shit. Like, okay, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, low income families all, yeah. providing homes, you know, for black and Hispanic areas. And we're just, we're driving in the car and he's just, you know, he's asking me how my experience was at Wall 96, basically interviewing the car on the way there on the way back. Yeah. And then he offers to hire me. Uh, I don't know if it was the same day or a phone call. I don't remember. But he said, oh, he, he said, hey, come in this Saturday yeah. and I want you to mix on the air yeah. on Saturday night. Now that day I was already scheduled at XMOR in San Diego. So I drove from Long Beach. I mixed noon to three in San Diego live, drove home to Long Beach, took a nap, went through my records, switched out my records because the playlists were a little bit different. And then... You know, because I, I got KGGI playlist. Then I drove over to KGGI on a Saturday night, and I mixed from 10 to midnight the same night. Dang. Sheesh. Yeah. You got, you got some mileage on you. Man, bro. And it was like, you know, I did the mix. And then the next day, ODM hit me. Hey, he texted me. Hey, man. That was good. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Cool. And so then Jesse was like, hey, man. Yeah, I like the mix. You know, I heard it went well. Everyone loved it. So what, You know you know what you were good at is, mm. um, you know, you put an A record, mm-hmm. and then you put some like uh, like maybe a good throwback, and then a, mm-hmm. a good pop record that you're trying to sell a little bit. Then you come back with the A record again. That's a yeah. hit. Yeah. Swift knew how to do that in his mix without any instruction. And yeah. that was what you were good at. And mm. I guess program directors, they had a really, they had a good trust with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I That's the one thing I will say, probably because I started DJing. To funk dubious bow wow wow. I knew I knew my records. I, yeah, I yeah. really I spent a majority of high school sitting at home just listening to radio. That helps. And though. I was like studying music and especially all the old school records. You remember Freddie? Like it's hard to find old school records back then. You had to dig through stores. Oh, I got this record from yeah, or you know, go, or go to like uh, your Salvation Army store. Or yeah, the, thrift shop, thrift, thrift shop, and, and then you know like and then the hip hop DJs. We had to add doubles of everything. Yeah, you did. That's and, right. Because you need to you need and to that, blend in the instrumental. That costed a lot of money. Yeah, oh, and God. when you're a kid, you didn't have that money. So when I first got on radio full time, like in Palm Springs, I had to go out and buy the double of a lot of things. A lot of things I only had one copy. Yeah, I had one copy of Notorious B.I.G. Going back to Cali, I had like one copy of um, Far Side Passing Me By. Just so now oh that I'm on the air. Gosh, yeah, remember that song? Yeah, I love that. Song. Classic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Play that shit. <sighs> I know they're I know they're going on tour. I think <sighs> I saw something on Instagram. I love that song. All they're right. going on tour. I think they're going on tour. Yeah. Classic, right? Wow. So that yeah. was one of the records, man. When I first got on the air, I had to I had to buy a double for that. Yeah. So I went out and spent a lot of money, man. What do you think of mix shows on the radio now? Do they do well or do they not do well? It's different now, man. The mix show now is, is kind of irrelevant, I would say. Meaning this, like most mix shows now don't break records. 
you know, when I was doing mix show, you could still break a record or at least vote it in. And the mix shows now is like nothing against any of the current mixers or younger mixers now. Everyone sounds the same. Yeah. So like, yeah, at least when I was on power on the power street team at the time, you know, you had a uh, you had C minus, you had Mr. Chalk, you had Felly Fell, you had DJ Vice, yeah. you had uh, Echo, you had six, seven, eight guys, Mr. Chalk. I think I already said his name, but whatever. You had six, yeah. seven, eight guys, but every guy had a distinct sound. The way they mixed, right. the tricks they did, right. the way they brought records in. You could tell who was on the air just yeah. by the... Now everyone is the same shit. The same yeah. intros, the same party breaks. Yeah. It's just like, ah, who gives a f***? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's my personal opinion. Right. It's, it's, it's not the same. You know what I mean? It's, so, it's but but you started building this trust with Jesse Duran yeah. and everybody yeah. else. And mm-hmm. uh, you uh, did you ever become the mix coordinator at 991? Yeah, I was make sure. Yeah, you, yeah. How long did that take for you to be, to, to, to get that? To become that? Yeah. Um, I started there in 05. I think I became mix show director sometime towards the end of 06 or sometime in 07. So a year, year and a half maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because I think Delvin technically was the mix show director, but he really didn't have anything to direct because it was just him and for real mixing. And then All right. when I became mix show coordinator, they started having more mix shows. So we started doing mix weekends, you know, yeah. like, you know, Labor Day weekend, holiday weekends, 4th of July, whatever. I remember you you were doing like air shifts on the weekend. Yeah, that was brand new then. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I remember like scheduling like Seth with you or whoever, you know, just yeah. different mixers. So I would just bring guys in. So there was a lot more like slots to fill. So I, I needed to bring mixers in. So I brought in some of my own guys that like mixed for me, you know, Seth had been on wild he came over and mixed for me uh, that's right Dude, dj i rock you, came you over. hired seth that mm-hmm. guy was one of the best mixed djs i have still ever is witnessed. and he's still at he's still at nine he's still at kggi he is huh. isn't he yeah that yeah. guy would i mean the way he scratched records and vinyl i mean it was so clean dude yeah yeah he is so clean and so effortless yeah he, he's good shout out to seth and uh so yeah so i you know i was mix show director there and pretty much i mean we didn't have very many mix shows we have yeah. eight that at eight o'clock I had a five o'clock only on Friday during Jesse's shift. Right. That's kind of weird. People say, "Wait, hold, yeah, yeah." yeah. So, so, so you, you were doing the mix show uh, for for a while for, for ODM, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, so you would schedule for everybody. Life. Did you hire anybody under under you as well, or? Well, yeah, put people on. None of them were on payroll. Oh, right, 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 <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. But, but yeah, you would put people on. Though. Yeah, that was, I, that so was I put on. Deal. I put on Seth. I put on DJ Irock. I put on Rush. Aloha. Quite a few people. Oh my Swift! This yeah. is bringing back. This was I was so <laughs> new to KGGI, and yeah. I remember. Okay, you're gonna be on with this person. You're gonna be on with that person. And yeah. Okay, so yeah. I I, I want to talk about you. You witnessed quite a lot. Yes. On air and behind uh, the scenes. <laughs> There's a whole lot behind the scenes. Yeah. And I, yeah. okay, give me give me one Swift because you and I have spent a lot of time together. Yeah. At, uh, having drinks at the bar, hanging yeah. out with Lewis, mutual yeah. friends. You just like Jesse and a lot of veterans in radio uh-huh. have stories. Yeah. And uh, I want to talk about at least one or two with you. Uh, g- give me a story that you witnessed that just makes for a great listen. Oh, okay, a KGGI story. Mm. I'm, I'm going to give you a Palm Springs story because okay. th- this one's a little a little better, I think. So when I was doing nights and weekends in Palm Springs before I was doing uh, Riverside and San Bernardino Radio, on a Saturday, some promoter had brought in Casey and JoJo, right? You know, mm. From from see, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Casey and JoJo all my life, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest wedding and songs ever. B- by the ever. way, every time I went out with Casey uh, to, to any event through 991, uh-huh. every listener would be like, are you... Also, KC from KC and JoJo. They would really I, ask him that? I yeah. think I've heard somebody ask him that yeah, before. They yeah. Were. Anyway. <laughs> nah, so um, <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier, actually, man, when I was driving here. So this story. Okay. So a promoter books KC and JoJo. Okay. And they say, hey, and I was still doing Saturdays, either every Saturday or every other Saturday. I don't remember. And so I'm on the air that Saturday. Yeah. And we got the club that night with KC and JoJo. 
but the promoter's like, hey, we're going to bring Casey and JoJo by the station to do an interview to promote the club, yeah. sell tickets, and we're doing like a meet and greet with some listeners. Yeah. So now Casey and JoJo come in. Now, I don't know if you know this, but they have a reputation. I don't know if both of them or one of them, or they're, they're, they're really- <laughs> Shell's face. Yeah, these, <laughs> these dudes is like, you know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> one of them is like a hardcore alcoholic or some shit, right? Mm-hmm. Or pills or whatever, something. <laughs> and I remember, I'll go back to 991. So KC, when KC was doing middays, you know, KC and I are very good friends. He, he's like, yo, man. Have you seen this fucking video? We're watching YouTube, like in the on-air studio, and it's, it's Casey and JoJo, and one of them passes out on the stage. Oh! And then you know the lyric of the song uh, for all my life. He goes, "I picked you up when you were down," yeah. and then he's singing the shit, and then dude falls on the ground, and he looks down at his brother and just steps over him, and just keeps fucking singing the rest of the song. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? Yes, but it's funny because I was like, "Damn, I picked you up when you was down. You didn't pick this girl up when he was down." <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, back to Palm Springs. So we have them in the, in the air studio. I'm interviewing them. The interview is going well, whatever. And then we have like listeners standing in the studio watching the interview. And that was funny. I was just texting one of my old coworkers this earlier, just to clarify the story from what I remember. Cause now this is like 20 years ago. If I remember correctly, there was a couple in there, right? I don't know if they were husband, wife, or if they were boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whatever the f- they were. They were a couple though. One of, I don't remember if it was Casey or Jojo took this dude's girl outside to the parking lot and did not come back for like 15 minutes. <laughs> so, and That's then the reputation and probably that, but, but the crazy thing was dude was just standing here, like in the studio. He didn't seem like too bothered by it. Like he's kind of like, Hmm, Oh, my girl's been gone for a while. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. She comes back <laughs> and I was like, yo, she's fixing her hair. Yeah. Like. I was like, yo, like, like, did he smash or like, what happened? Like, yeah. And, and it was almost like, and he was kind of like, he seemed almost like proud. Like, yeah, my, that was my, that's my fucking wife went out there. Or that's my girl that went out there with wow. Casey. And yeah, bro. So, so he didn't look bothered at all. No, it was almost like he was proud. Like it was, <laughs> it was like his kid just won like the little league tournament or some <laughs> shit. Like it was, it was crazy. Wow. So that's, that's one story. I <laughs> just one that I remember. Dang. I mean, there's a whole lot from clubs that you and I have been at and. <laughs> can, can you attest that 991 mm. was its own entity that it was its own yeah. h- hybrid or or breed mm-hmm. of of radio it station really was yeah, yeah it was it was remember we took the party bus to uh the halloween thing um was it the queen mary oh, oh my yeah, yeah. god when lewis forgot the serato box was that it and i drove from corona i live in corona and Casey hit me, yo, man, I forgot the Serato box. We, we, man, we need that Serato box because, you know, you can't DJ. Yeah. Well, the yeah. mixers need a Serato box back then. So I pulled up to the Queen Mary, the Dark Harbor. That's right. With a Serato box. You, you know what? Lewis was, was a DJ on that and I went too. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I put Lewis on the first couple of times. That was you. DJ you, you Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. I put Lewis, man, the first time I put Lewis on, holy shit. Uh, maybe this is the first or second time. I was in Hawaii, right? On vacation. Okay. This is the same time my Serato box got stolen. Michael Jackson died when I was in Hawaii. Oh, no. Right? I'm in Maui. So I'm in Maui for like seven days. And then I'm going to Oahu for like the next five or seven days, like a week in each. I'm at the airport. I'm looking down. You remember Blackberries? I was on my Blackberry. Mm-hmm. I got like a message from like three different record reps. Yo, Michael Jackson's dead. Says who? TMZ. Now at the time, TMZ was not a reputable source. So They're I was like, like eh, TMZ. And then, you know, once we land in Oahu, it's like, the news comes on to the hotel. We check into the Marriott, whatever, and it's like, oh shit, he really's dead. Mm-hmm. So, and then, so, you know, they, you know, obviously 991, they want to do some Michael Jackson tribute mixes. So I think Lewis gave a mix in, but, you know, the mixes were like pre recorded, half of them. The fucking CD was skipping on the air. <laughs> <sighs> I get a call from Jesse. Now, when I'm in Hawaii, I have my phone off 90% of the time. I only turn it on in the morning. Yeah. 
and I was like, I don't want this. I don't know enough for my vacation. Right, right, yeah. right. And You're I turned it off. Yeah. And I would put it on at night when I got back to the hotel yeah. and check it. I got a voicemail from Jesse, and he was like, Swift, uh, who is this guy Raymond Love <laughs> mixing right now? This shit is it's fucked up. Raymond Love. It was like, I don't know if he said Raymond, but he definitely didn't say yeah, Lewis. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, well, the, the mix. I think he was on the air with Diana Weeby or somebody, or she was the jock. And it was just like, <laughs> and I said, well, that's what you get from, I, I've been telling you guys, man, stop airing mixes off CD because, yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, dude, you got a computer there. I mean, yeah. you remember back then the media player yeah. we all used to use you, the media player that we all used to use was Winamp, <laughs> so yes. you could either play through Winamp or yeah. play through something. Yeah, at least that way it doesn't skip. Yeah, but you know Jesse was old school. He went you know, burn it on the CD or whatever yeah. the fuck. So, and then we kind of got to a point. You probably remember this. We would just load them like. Vindog, his mad scientist ass. He's oh, we just load the mix directly into Profit. That's what you should do. That's what we. That's what we started doing. Yeah. So we just bring the flash drive in. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, I do my five o'clock live, then yeah. I record. If I'm on at midnight on Friday, I got a club. I'm going to record my two hours, load on the flash drive, and we just load in the cart. But Vin was the one that showed us. Vin knew that damn software, yeah. Profit in and out. Yeah. Dog, I know tricks that Jesse don't know shit. I'll show you how to get the shit in here. I'll show you how to make that shit sound like we're here, dog. So, and we would do all that and we would voice it and make it sound like we were there yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah, man. That was a. Uh, so, yeah. But again, back to your question. Yeah, 911 was like a little close knit family. Yeah. It was a lot different than my experience at Power. Because at Power, again, I was like the lowly street teamer. And, right. And, you know, it was kind of like no one really. What What didn't you like about 991 KGGI? Um, With all your experience and all the relationship, even from Irvine to uh-huh. Power 106 in LA. Yeah. To Palm Springs, uh-huh. it, with everything you've collected and all the mm-hmm. experience, what did you not like about 991? The pay, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's uh, a, the that pay. Was a, that was a big thing. I was there for like over six years, or a little over six years, right? Because it was so popular. I never got a raise. And nobody in ever six got- years? In six years. Not, not, a, not a quarter, not a nickel, not a penny, not a dime. No way. Nothing. I remember when my, my, my mom sat me down when I was part-time in 1991. She's like, uh-huh. mijo, it's, yeah. it's great that you're on, on air, but yeah. you can't pay your phone bill. So you uh-huh. need to do something yeah. here. You need to do some shit, right? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, luckily for me, I still had the clubs. I was still doing clubs like three days a week. That was kind of my bread and butter. And then I started doing a lot of mobile gigs on the weekends. Like Vindog and I would do like weddings and, you know, birthday parties. High school proms, right? Yeah, things of that nature. Yeah. So that's where that's that was kind of where, that was my bread and butter. Yeah, and that's what the cool thing. And anyone, anyone that's been in radio will tell you, the cool thing with being the radio guy and being the local celebrity was like, people would hit you up. Hey man, can you do my birthday? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Or can you do my club? Well, yeah, I'm gonna charge you this amount. And yeah. it was kind of like cool. Like, and they don't know how much you're making, so they're like, yeah, yeah. I'll pay this. Yeah. So that's you know, if you can work that mobile gig angle or that private event angle, then you know that's the way to do it. All right. Know? So the flip side is, uh, what is uh, one of your favorite memories of working at 991 KGGI? One of my favorite memories. You look back at it and you just can't, it brings a smile like, man, the days. Honestly, what I kind of referenced earlier <laughs> was going to Duke's after work every day. Oh, yeah. Because I literally felt like I was in a sitcom, like, <laughs> like the hangout spot where everyone would hang yeah, out, yeah. right? Yeah. And that was Duke's for us. Yeah. And so that was a cool memory. Another cool memory I had. Um, honestly, man, a filling in for Casey on the Love Zone because I'd never done a slow jam show before. Okay. But I got a pretty deep voice. And if yeah, I yeah. kind of tone it down a little bit, and you're, hey, you know, yeah. hey, what's up? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I grew up listening to, you he, know, he, he knows how to work the microphone. Did hey, you see that? I know. Hey. I see that. <laughs> and so, you know, it's funny because I would do, um, <laughs> you know, you do dedications, shout outs. I would do anti shout outs. <laughs> and I was like, That's great. I didn't even ask Jesse. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, you know what? So, you know, I would tell them, hey, I'm filling in for Casey. You know, they had me filling in during Christmas or yeah, you know, yeah, whatever yeah, holiday. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing the love zone. I remember one week it was like they gave Vin the love, Vin Dog the love zone two days and me two days. And I was just like, all right. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do the love zone. Yeah. I'm, whatever. Yeah. 
some extra money on my check. So, but I would do it, and then everyone would call in. I want to give a shout out to like, uh, you know, to uh, yeah, to little spider. He's locked up right now, but I can still love him. I'm, I'm not gonna give myself to another man, and I still love him very much. And like, I'm waiting for you, baby. Like, come home. <laughs> and uh, and uh, from you, sad girl. From sad girl. Sad girl. Some, from sad girl. Twenty four. Yeah. And don't worry, babe. When I get when you get out, I'll have my GED, and we're like, I'll have like a real job, and I'll make like three hundred dollars a week, and we can move it to like a better apartment, and have like a real life together. So I was like, but no, I would like. I was just tripping out like, yo, these listeners are fucking wild, dude. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're really shouting out like, their their boyfriends in they prison do. and like, no, but good. Nope. Love is love. Damn it. But I remember like there was a song at the time by, is it, I know it's spelled E-A-M-O-N, Emon or Amon. Yes. And it was called uh, Fuck You, yes. I Don't Want You Back. Yes. So I was like, yo, if you guys want to do this one girl, she was like, yeah, she did an anti shout out. She was like, hey, you know. I remember hearing those anti shout uh, Every now and then she was like, yeah, you know, this guy cheated on me. I was like, Put him on blast. What's that mother's name? Put him on blast. And uh, you got, I got the perfect song for you, girl, right now. Iman, fuck oh, you. I don't want you back. That's genius. <laughs> I, I heard yeah. it before. You, did, you heard that? <laughs> yeah, but I, but I was like, all right, everyone's. Let me do a that's little. Genius. Let me do. Let me do something a little different because yeah, if, if I'm we, filling it on my own show, let me make it mine we for a little to, bit. We need to find an investor. Mm. I, I just want to program a station and let's, yeah. let's program a station together and just and just do good radio. Man, right? Yeah. Get rid of all the. <laughs> The cookie cutter shit that's, that's out right now. Good radio. That is good. Yeah, radio. it was just something different. Yeah, it was something different. So that. So yeah, between going to Dukes every day with KC and getting faded, <laughs> or almost every well, day. Well, I'll tell you what, Dukes is fun because yeah. I, I remember we do karaoke, and I would say that's a fun karaoke spot, man. It was a fun yeah. karaoke spot, uh, man. A couple a couple other stories there, like like going out with artists. Wiz Khalifa before he blew up. Oh, Rock the Bells. Remember that? I, I remember hanging out with Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, Rock I was at that show. Stage. Okay, yeah. I was already gone from from KGI at the time, but DMX performed there. That he day. did that same night. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, I remember Wiz Khalifa coming to the station when he had a song called "Say Yeah," and it was sampling the Alice DJ. Never. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, better off alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, I remember. Uh, Wiz was waiting in the um, in the no, they had him wait in the conference room, like okay. at the conference table. Yeah, or the meeting room. Yeah, and he was waiting with a. Uh, Brandon Scales, who worked at Warner Brothers at the time, and Sour Milk, DJ Sour Milk now, uh-huh. who was with LA Leakers. And I had kept them waiting. I told him, sorry, guys. I, was, I think I was pre-recording my mix, so I yeah. could go to dinner with him. I was pre-recording at o'clock. So we, <laughs> I remember Wiz walked down the hall and just, uh, oh, man. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, man, he walked by, and I think Brandon was trying to introduce Wiz to Jesse. And Jesse, you know, Jesse was always running around yeah, busy. Yeah, and, yeah. and he was <laughs> like, hey, hey, Jesse, why don't you meet Wiz? And I think Jesse looked at him like, who the fuck are you or who's this guy? It's just kind of just kept it moving. And what's crazy is like six months, eight months later, Wiz like blew up yeah. with that black yeah. and yellow song. Yeah. And we took Wiz Khalifa to Applebee's and we drank like Belvedere or Grey Goose or some shit <laughs> and had like cheeseburgers. So I was like, yeah. I it was, love it. I love it. Yeah. It was like, oh. we got some stories, man. We <laughs> we took LMFAO to El Torito. Played, you remember uh, Hacky Sack, that little that yes. thing? Yeah, yes. yeah. These dudes were drunk, and they were using the those big ass, uh, like the margarita cups, like the little pitchers that look like a little fishbowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a private room. These dudes were playing Hacky Sack, trying to oh, kick the shit in the room. Hilarious. And the, the manager from El Torito was getting pissed off. And I was like, hey, bro, this is an LMFAO here, bro. Like, and they, we just spent like probably $500 on like, fajitas and tequila. So it's like, yeah, whatever. Do you remember the good old days of when a record rep will, let me, let me take you to Fleming's. Let me take you to, see, when it was. Yeah. So, not to interrupt you. No. I never got Fleming's or Mastro's <laughs> or Ruth Chris or, or uh, in any of the high-end steakhouses. The best we ever got was like Yard House. Which is still <laughs> yeah. fine. Which is and, fine. And Yard House was our go-to. Yeah. So, there's a Yard House at the Tyler Mall. So, that's nah. where all the reps knew, hey, if you're going to come visit Swift, we're going to go to Yard House. Yard. Oh, dude, I got a fucking story for you. Okay. Going back to reps. So, one day, we are at uh, a lunch. I don't remember who this dude was. 
but they brought an artist. This is actually a good record. It's like a California summertime feel-good record. Kind of like that California low feel to it. Playable. Definitely playable. Okay. The investor was a Russian dude <laughs> with a Russian accent. Okay. And so I think Russia. it was, I think it was, yeah, from Russia. I can't roll the R's and shit, but I know, I know what you're getting at. So <laughs> we go to lunch and it was always like, all right, me, the mixers, you know, Seth, whoever, Rush, uh, sometimes ODM if he wasn't busy. Uh, Jesse would never go because, I mean, they would take Jesse to his own lunch or whatever. He would bring him food to the station. So it was more like, hey, we're going to you know, bring the mixers out there. Long story short, we go to Yard House. This guy has a record. His investor or his manager is a Russian dude. Casey's with me at this shit. Casey will tell you this fucking story, dude. So, like, we're there. We're eating. And this guy, he's like, hey, what does it take to get this song into a rotation? <laughs> you know, like, that sounds more like Dracula. I'm sorry. No, that's good. No, that's but good. it sounds yeah. Russian. Good. So, good. Yeah, 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 you know, uh, my friend, you know, uh, this song is good, no? Yeah, it's from good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I would play it. Yeah, but you know, we want you know, we don't want, you know, one spin here. To we want, what do we? What does it take to get into rotation? That's what it was. Casey was music director at the time. Yeah, I also was thinking. Okay, so so, so, so Casey came with me to lunch. Yeah, yep. I'm the mix show director. You know, Casey's the music director, and they're like, "What's it take to get the song in rotation?" You know, and it's just like, I don't know. He goes, "Hey, do you guys? You know, I have a shop up in the uh, Glendale or in the Valley," and he's like, "Hey, you guys, you guys like Russian beaches?" <laughs> and we were like, what? You know, Russian beaches. <laughs> and like, we're, yeah, we're like, what? Yeah, he goes, yeah. hey, you add the song, you know, whatever. Yeah, I want the song added. Yeah. You know, you add the song and you come up to my shop and you take your choice. I have, I'll have Russian beaches <laughs> waiting for you. And I wow. said, whoa. And I looked at KC like, damn, this dude is offering us fucking probably some crazy ass it's like Russian. Movie. Yeah. Girls, like Russian real? girls. Like, yo, like. And I was like, should we go? No. <laughs> You're no. like, so what song is it again? Yeah. yeah. How do I get that song played? <laughs> Casey, can you add this record? No, so, I'm just so kidding. What, 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 was your, what was the response from everybody? What, no, nah, can we just chuckle? No, 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 we're good. I'm good with my sea bass and my uh, Patron. <laughs> sea bass. <laughs> that was my thing, man. I go to Yard House. I'm, I'm going with my Chilean sea bass. Chilean yeah. sea bass. No, because I would go there. I'll get the sea bass. And then, at, you know, at the time, Patron was a big thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now, yeah. Now, now people love Casamigos. Whatever. I love Casamigos. So, so at the time, it was Patron. So, you know, we go there. You know, I get a little sea bass or, you know, I might get a little, uh, you know, whatever food I get there. A little Patron, a beer. And that was, I was like, oh, I just want some lunch and some dinner but the thing is i told these guys i don't have no pull over adding records i may be able to spin a record in the mix if the record's good enough yeah but other than that like i can't get it added <laughs> but this guy was offering rushing beaches <laughs> so wow that was a, the, the, the fun time so so yeah. I, I guess that that uh, uh <clears throat> transitions us to my next question yeah. which is um mm -hmm. um you know nowadays we live in a world of a uh, high velocity Everything is instant gratification. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you've seen it go from the those radio days to, uh -huh. to, to now. What do you feel if as a programmer, as a professional, uh -huh. that radio is doing very wrong? I think um, the personality is not a personality anymore mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to a morning show in a very long time because I just I just well, one. I'm at home and I'm not listening to radio at home. I think that's the other thing too, because there was a time when people listened to radio at home, right? Like even just 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Not, like you said, Freddie, like people got Spotify. If they don't have a Spotify account, everyone's got YouTube. Yeah. You could play a song mm -hmm. off that. Uh, Pandora, mm -hmm. uh, XM Sirius, Satellite yeah. Radio, whatever. There's just too many options. Uh, Apple Music, yeah. Amazon Music, right? There's a million options. Right. So it's like, if, I'm, if I want to listen to music, Right? I'm not necessarily talking about podcasts or that. If I want to listen to music, why am I going to listen to a the same rotation, the same yeah. songs going to play? That's every, what I was saying. The same Drake record is going to play 18 times a day in power rotation, mm -hmm. right? Right. 
So no one wants that. And that's one. And then two, I think people used to listen to the local radio before. Like you said, the local celebrity, it was more like, I'll give you the example for this market, like Jeff and Evelyn in five cent in the morning, right? Rest in peace, five cent. So in the morning, people kind of like, they were the people to take them to work. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're part of my day. I get up in the morning, take my kids to school, you know, whatever, get my coffee, shower, brush teeth. I'm out. And then as I drive to work, I'm kind of interested to hear where Evelyn was telling the story yesterday. I want to hear what's next. It's like your favorite sitcom or, or yeah. a TV series. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, what's going to happen on the next season? Like, oh, Ozark left me at a cliffhanger. What's next? And so people kind of grew up with them. Like for me, I grew up with the Baker Boys and Big Boy, right? And, um, that was, you know, I loved listening every morning because I was a fan, right? Not just the mixing, but I was a fan of the personalities. Mm-hmm. So I think now it's like the personality side of it is, is taken away. And I granted, I haven't listened in a long time in the morning. I don't know how Big Boy is now. I don't know how... how Secrets still do Mornings of Kiss, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 They both still have their own freedom to, a, to an extent. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just like, as I've gotten older, and even now, even the younger crowd, I, I don't think younger people listen to the radio so much for the personality. I think it's just they're listening to it if there's a giveaway, I know that kind of was always been yeah. the thing too, you know? Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of like, you can hear your favorite music on, like you said, on a million right. different options. Yeah. So if they are going to listen in the morning, it's because they find the jock funny or they find something entertaining about him. But I think now your average jock now is kind of, it's cookie cutter. Like I said earlier, yep. it's kind of like, Hey, your, your PD tells you one thought per break. Yeah. 30 seconds in, in and out. Right. Quick. Talk three times an hour. Like you can't really have a show or like really show too much. You're like a robot. Yeah. Like if I'm gonna do that, then could I just voice track that shit? I'm not even gonna drive in there. Which like, most of these shows are voice tracked. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even like the full time shows are, are voice tracked yeah. in a sense. But it, it's just it's lost that personal touch. I think that's just I don't know a different time, different era. Like I said, you know, growing up in the '90s, I grew up in that era where like you're the radio, the real radio rock stars. Yeah. Like Theo and the Baker Boys, they're probably making like 500 grand, a million dollar like salaries. <laughs> That shit ain't happening anymore. You no. know what I mean? Like when I was when I was intern at Power as a college student, everyone was dipping in the Mercedes and all the you know the whole parking lot there in Burbank was like high end cars. Yeah, there's a plum now in the Camry. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying everything is the car, but still that money isn't there. The sales ad revenue isn't the same. Again, that, right. but I still think radio will still be here. In what capacity? Probably the same thing it is now. But what I do see a lot, and you've seen this, iHeart does it, is they, they try a lot to direct people to their app. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, and you know, iHeart, hey, we have an iHeart concert every year. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, hey, you know, yeah. tune in. They, what they always say, tune in to Kiss FM or or the Kiss FM app or whatever. So the essentially fuck, like, the jocks are basically verbal salespeople for the app. Driving people mm-hmm. to the mobile platform because mm-hmm. everything is mobile. That's you know how that. you listen to it at home yeah. now. Right. They're not turning on a radio right. yeah. at home. People don't have a, most people app. don't have a receiver at home yeah. Yeah. with yeah. two speakers and speaker wire running the opposite. Yeah. That's the like, only way they can hear it is like is an app. And then you app and you Bluetooth it to your, uh, Alexa, your speaker. Yeah. Exactly. So that's kind of what it is. So like you said, they're kind of like salesmen to drive, hey, tune in here yeah. or, or go to the such and such app and yeah. download your app and listen from anywhere in the world or whatever. Yeah. And that's kind of uh, what it is. But again, I think FM will still be, still be here. I have one experience, man. So we threw a club when I worked at 991. You remember when jerking music was big? You're a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of come yeah. back, that song, yeah. right? So all that jerking movement was like 08, 09. I threw a fucking jerking party at the old Stingers in San Bernardino, which was on, on the other side of the freeway where, where um, oh Jesus, it's behind a Motel 6. It used to be called The Club, and then it became Stingers. Huge place. Holds okay. like a thousand people. It's on the other side of where Margarita I've Beach was. I've been there was. once. Yeah. I've been there once. Huge. It's like where Gotham's used to be? No, no. Gotham was on Waterman. 
Yeah. This was on Hunt, Hunt's Lane. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah right down. So there's a Motel 6 there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then behind that Motel 6 is like a little industrial yeah, it's plaza. Funny. It's funny. Huge it's, club. I forgot about that place. Completely forgot Me about too. Place. Huge club, dude. Yeah. So that place, um, it became Stingers, right? I knew the owner, Dave. Shout out to Dave. Dave is a good dude. And uh, Dave, he actually was doing sales uh, not too long ago for Old School 1047 here in the IE in San Bernardino. And so Dave was the owner. So I did the jerking club. I spent on 991. I went into Bob Ridzak's office, the GM. <laughs> yeah. I went in his office. I said, hey, man, I want to buy some commercials. I want to buy some spots. So he charged us like three grand or 3,500. We didn't get Sheesh. really no discount. I was like, God damn, dude, like I really don't make nothing here. You could at least like hook me up with like a, yeah. a couple of plugs. And most of those spots ran overnights. So we spent like three grand. And then I got most of the talent there to perform for free. I think the only people I paid was the new boys, like Audio Push. Shout out to Audio Push. They had a song called. Mm. Teach me how to jerk. That's their yeah. song was called yeah. Teach yeah, Me yeah, How to yeah, Jerk. Yeah. And then New Boys was You're a Jerk. And then I had Tay F Third. That's one of uh Didn't Radio, we bring Radio the New Big Boys, Boys artists. to like uh, uh Victorville for uh We we run Temecula barbecue. It was Temecula. Oh Temecula. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, we did bring them to a backyard barbecue. You're right about that. So I did this big jerking concert and I was like, Yeah, yeah, we're gonna make some money, man. This shit's huge. It was an all ages event. And then it ended up being on a Sunday, and this is what fed everything up. It was game seven of like the NBA finals and the Lakers were in this. Uh. So it was like, if they won this game, the game before, there was going to be a game seven. Mm-hmm. So it was the only time we were like, we hope the Lakers lose because if there's a game seven, that's going to air at the same time as our club. Yeah, no one's going to want to go. Go to the club. And the fucked up thing was last minute, the owner of the club, Dave, was like, yo, Swift, we got to move the club to the daytime because all ages, they have a curfew law now in San Bernardino. I can't be having these kids running around, you know, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. So we had to move the club to like, four to eight or like five to to nine or some shit so we moved it earlier in the day and that just so happened to air at the same time as the laker game damn and i was like Fuck. and at the beginning was like we showed up like cool like there was a line of kids i was like Fuck yeah and then we i think we were trying to plug it I, I changed the commercial i changed the spot like hey you know come because it's a sports bar yeah and half of it is a huge nightclub and the other side you know it's just they could they have like a, a sliding room divider i was like hey you know come down watch the laker game on the sports bar side let your kids dance to all this jerking shit on the other side yeah. like but nah, like at the beginning though, it was like cool, like kids are lining up. Like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna make money, we're gonna make money. But nah, man, that line lined up and it just stopped at like a certain point. Oh my god, dude, that was like one of the only times I've ever tried to like be a promoter. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And like, oh, I'm on the radio here, and like, yeah. <laughs> who who <laughs> was your favorite artist that you got to meet? Favorite artist? God, I've met so many artists, man. Or that you were like starstruck. Like, oh my God. Well, right the, back to that Wu Tang story. I was definitely starstruck oh, when I was yeah, a kid. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, but, um, uh, to add to that Wu Tang, we yeah. had T.A., Terry Anzaldo, who uh, mm. managed uh, Madonna. Oh, shit. Wu Tang Clan, mm-hmm. uh, Eric Clapton, and uh, a few other artists. Okay. Those five. Okay. And okay. Uh, he had a story about Wu Tang Clan. They were playing at Madison Square Garden. And uh-huh. He had to wrangle everybody up. Uh-huh. So he threw everybody was really high, and they were young at the time. So he threw everybody in the restroom stalls, uh-huh. and he talked to everybody at the same time. All right, here's we have a 12 minute slot for this. Yeah. Because it was a show, you know, multiple acts. Yeah. And his job was to get him on stage on and time. get him off, and he he was able to do it. Wow. But, but OD, ODB. ODB. Yeah. Got stuck in the parking lot and never made it. Oh. Oh wow. Because uh, the the security didn't believe it was him. They, oh, no, oh was, I know you were saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I, a I, hell of a story. I, I think it's episode uh, twenty <laughs> twenty one. Hey, dude, that that road manager life is. Yeah, it's it you're, is. You're you're a professional babysitter. That's rough. Yeah, you got to get all these drunken high artists to the airport. <laughs> it's no, like that no, one movie. Thank you. Get him to the Greek. Get him, get to, him the to the Greek. Greek. Russell, yeah, uh, Russell, uh, Brand. Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah. Hey, did you ever see the movie with uh, uh um with Mark Wahlberg? Where he's a fan and, and they threw him the guitar and he plays the shit and he becomes a rock star. 
No, I, I didn't see that. I don't think I've seen it either. Oh my god, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's worth a watch. Is it? it? It's basically he blows up and he becomes everything he didn't want to be. Like he's a young kid. Yeah. They threw him the guitar and then the, somehow he either becomes the lead singer or whatever the fucking band because the guy quits or ODs or whatever. And then <laughs> so he starts touring the world. And you know he starts, you know he's he's with groupies, leaves yeah. his girlfriend, yeah. he gets involved in all, you know, all the typical, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, he loses all and goes back to his like his regular life. <laughs> and you're like, damn, I was a prick for the last five years. Like, <laughs> that's a crazy movie, bro. It, it is kind of easy to fall into that category. It is, though. man. It really is because if it doesn't get to your head, mm. then it's because something has something else that's happened in your life is keeping you grounded. Yeah. yeah. And you've learned it somewhere hey, else. Hey, and and another big aspect of that. Is the age you are when you got that little level of fame? True. Well, it's hard to be humble when it, it yeah. when all the attention's on you. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I'm not gonna lie, thing. man. When I was at Wild ninety six, I was uh, this girl I was with at the time. She was like, she had told me after I left that station, probably when I was like on the unemployment drinking my Grey Goose by the beach. She goes, yeah, you know, when you were working at Wild ninety six, yeah, you're kind of a fucking asshole. I said, damn, was I? I didn't think I was. Everyone seemed cool with me. No, they're just telling you what you wanted to hear. But yeah. I, I know yeah. you, motherfucker. I know you for a while. Yeah. You're a little big head at the time. I, was, I don't think I was. I think it was just more like I was enjoying myself. Wait, did you ever answer the question, Michelle? Oh shit! I'm the, sorry. The, the, oh, f- favorite artist. Yeah, favorite yeah. artist. I'm sorry. It's okay. Freddie Freddie went off on the on the <laughs> Wu Tang story and, and the Madison Square Garden shit, and then suddenly we're talking about all this other shit. But no, um, favorite artist. I'm gonna say Mike Jones. Oh really? Mike Jones. Yeah. yeah. He was real cool. Like yeah. completely opposite of what I thought he would be. Wow. Like, okay. Real mellow. This is when he lost all that weight and he was on a yeah. subway diet. Yeah. And uh, you remember his famous song? He gave out his phone number on the song. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, he was real cool. He, he was cool. H- him or Wiz. Who was, was your least favorite? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if you want to throw it out there. <laughs> Sean Kingston. Really? Yeah. It was. Uh, did you go to that backyard barbecue? Yeah. That I, was in Adelanto. Okay. Okay. That was in Adelanto. Well, you know, he came to the station first that week yeah. or something. That's when I met him and interviewed him. Yeah. He He was kind of like. Why am I here attitude? Yes, that. And that's probably why, like, I, I didn't really talk to him too much, but he kind of, when I met him, you could tell he didn't want to meet me. It okay. was like, hey, hey, this is Swift. He's our mixture director. Yeah. Yeah, 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 whatever. All right, girl, I just won't spin your record then. Like, Are you? Yeah, just like, all right, you know, whatever. And I remember that backyard barbecue up there in uh, Adelanto. <laughs> oh, shit. I remember they, they brought him up there, and uh, he met someone there at the house. I don't know if it was the owner or one of the, the guests, the family. And they were like, hey, man, what song is it you sing again or something? <laughs> and he was like, off that. So uh, he went out to the car. I think Mike Lieberman brought him. Somebody brought him. Oh, Mike and, Lieberman. I remember Yeah, he, he went out to the car, and he didn't want to come back to the party. And they had to, like, convince oh, him to come back. Gosh. And plus he was pissed because they probably flew him into LAX. And LAX to Adelanto is probably, like, Way a, far. a three-hour yeah. drive. Yeah. And he's probably like, where the fuck are you taking me? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so he just, you could tell he didn't want to be there. And at the time, there was nothing up there. I hosted a with NNI one a club out there mm-hmm. called Rocks Club in Victorville. So Rocks Club, yeah, that that be that was off of like Green Tree Hill Road or Green Tree Some, yeah, Hotel. I remember we got pepper sprayed because a big <laughs> oh, brawl shit. broke out the one night I was there. That doesn't there. surprise me. Yeah. And we all got pepper sprayed, and that was the first time I, I felt the effect of pepper spray. We had a wet weight out. No way. And then yeah, I, I think they, they said, "Hey, Freddie, you want to come back in?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Well, I'll come back <laughs> so I went back in to finish the night, but I think that that that, that lasted a month. Wow. And uh, they. Uh, Mike Johar was the one who connected it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Mike Johar is a great uh, account executive, well, a sales guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my experience of being in the high desert. Wow, uh, man. Sprayed. Did you ever go to Co- uh, Coconuts Karma? You remember that club? I, I only heard stories. That's That was a, you know, half of it, excuse me, was a Thai restaurant called Canari. Okay. And I used to date a girl that was a waitress there. Uh, I know you know, you know what I'm talking about, too. But uh, 
the owner was cool. And so he had the club there. I, I remember one day I emceed for Richard Vision there one day. <laughs> if he was here right now, next time you have him on here. Or, uh, I remember they hired me to come in there just to host. And I didn't, you know, I'm used to like talking on the mic quite a bit because you know, I'm you know, doing hip hop yeah. clubs. House dudes don't want none of that talking shit. And I remember I was at Universal Studios that day. I came back in time to do the club. Yeah. And then I was talking on the mic like, yo, everybody buy a drink. Yeah. Put your hands in the air and yeah. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And Richard was like, hey, man, can you like uh, talk less? They're like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm, no, that's cool. It's cool. No, better for me. Yeah. I'm just doing that shit because the promoter's over here. And yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. And I wasn't doing it that much, but it was apparently it was too much for him. <laughs> He's like, I just want to keep playing my I music. Believe, and I was like, cool. I put yeah. the mic down and went to the bar. <laughs> and then, came back you so, know what i mean so uh, so here's a question i authentically yeah. and sincerely don't know and i want okay. to know yeah uh what what are you doing now what are mm -hmm. you doing now uh yeah so okay so after uh after kggi uh i left there in 2011 and so for about a year and a half two years i was off of radio and then in 2013 vindog and i started doing a, a syndicated mix show we called it the weekend get down it's something i had a night an idea of doing when we were still at 991. Yeah. It was a spinoff of like the Friday night get down. Okay. I wanted to just call it the weekend get down because that way if we get other stations to sign on it, it can air on any day of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. So, and I, even when I was at 991, I was collecting DJ drops like, hey, this is Pitbull. He listens to the weekend yep, get down. Yep, yep. This is Jason Derulo with the weekend yep. get down. Because yeah. I was thinking ahead like, yeah. you know, this Riverside shit is cool, but if we got something here and we can get it on other markets, let's do right. it. So, we had the weekend get down on this station from 2013 to 2020. Up until July of 2020, during the middle of the you know pandemic, right? And uh, <laughs> the stations we were on, we were on a station in Palm Springs, uh, Vegas, and San Francisco, the Bay Area. Nice. Okay. And so you know, yeah, Frisco, big market, yeah, Bay yeah, Area, yeah. and then you know a Vegas, decent sized market, mm -hmm. and then you know Palm Springs, smaller market. But you know, we're on these three top 40 stations, and we're we're uh, I'm doing the mixing, and Vin and I we voice it, you yeah. know, and then we would do that. So we were doing that for like seven or eight years. I know one time you guys went to Coachella. And I remember like like uh, Casey's like, yo, man, me and Freddie and Lewis are in the car. We're listening to your uh, your mix out here in the desert. I was like, oh, yeah, it sounds good, man. And I talked over it, made it sound like I was like really there and shit. Like it was like a Saturday day shift. They put me on like from like two to four or two to five. And you guys are rolling around. And I was like, that's crazy, man. Like you, you forget. Like I remember that. Yeah. Wow. It, it's like even the smaller markets. Like, the, yeah. Yeah. Like you're out in Coachella. And I remember like I remember because, you know, normally we're playing top 40 on there. But I remember that weekend playing a lot more edm shit because yeah. it's the coachella crowd like all right let me play yeah. you know, a little more edm shit and so i've been off radio since july of 2020 uh right now and this is a crazy uh thing i am actually d this is like my full-time i guess my day job i'm still djing but i dj on zoom you know your zoom like, yeah like your meetings your online thing so i dj for like a professional education consultant company and uh there's a lady that's hired me she does presentations for school districts mm -hmm. literally all over the country and the world. Like next week we have a presentation in Singapore oh. on Valentine's Day night at like 1.30 in the morning. Wow. So, the, so the time change. Yeah. So technically that's the 15th of. Yeah. But, you know, still Valentine's Day night at 1, yeah. 1 or 1.30 in the morning. And so, yeah, we, you know, we do a couple of like Australia, Singapore, a couple other places. But we do everywhere all over like California, New York, Texas, like all over the country. Yeah. Uh, last week we did uh, Honolulu. Hawaii, Dude, that's awesome, and it, it's it's a very unique gig, man. So I would say I turned from the hip hop DJ to the education Zoom DJ, and the music, <laughs> <laughs> the music I'm playing, man, it's kind of like Jack FM in LA. It's just literally, uh, okay. uh, it's an open format, right. like like today I, I I play like the Beatles, I'll play Elton John, 
And then it also depends on the school. So like, yeah, like <laughs> we did a school that was in Brooklyn. And so what, I, what it is, is the teachers will send me DMs like, hey, Swift, uh, this is what I want to hear today. That's kind of like, hey, let me play some music to set yeah. the vibe. That's what they want. When they take two, three minute breaks yeah. and they want to chat uh, about a topic that they're discussing. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, I play the music they want. And so we did a school in Brooklyn and they were like, hey, can you play a... Uh, Biggie Smalls, Notorious hey, B.I.G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you play the Ten Crack Commandments? Ah. And I was like, damn, you know, this whole song is talking about uh, ten yeah, uh, about selling crack and like cooking the crack and moving the crack. Yeah. And I was like, I love that song. And I was like, I have a radio edit of it. I, I could play, it, but I was in the back of my mind. I'm looking on the chat. I was like, damn, there's like 80 other teachers in here. Someone might get offended. Yeah, and I was like, not. hey, you know what? No, forget I played it. So. And they didn't even probably notice. One, two, three, there you go. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, one. It's the Ten Crack Commandments. What? Meanwhile. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm literally playing this on a presentation. And the, the funny thing is, too, you know, on Zoom, half the people have their cameras on, half of them don't. Yeah. And just like when you're at a mobile gig, I'm looking at the, all right, all right cool. What are we working with today? Let's see. Okay. We have a 55-year-old middle-aged uh, white woman, or yeah. we have a 30-year-old Hispanic. Like, I'm literally, not to stereotype people, like, all right, cool. Yeah. I'm looking. All right. You okay. got to know your and, audience. Yeah, it's just like comes from years of reading the crowd. Now I'm reading the crowd on Zoom. I'm looking, I'm looking through the room. Like, oh damn, what am I? Working? Okay, okay. Say for example, you're on uh, Zoom right now, right? Yeah. You're on Zoom with me, and you're looking at yeah. Michelle. Michelle's your audience right now, right? Okay. So what What do you play for Michelle? Well, I, I, so I've discovered now she likes Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> He's, and like, I, he's yeah, like, she he's knows the words attention. of this song. And I know your birthday's coming up, yeah. and I, I know how old you're going to be. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> so I know you like 90s music, so I'd probably stick in the 90s somewhere. There you, you go. I might play, he's like 90s hip-hop. I might go. play some 90s hip-hop. I might play some TLC or some Fuji's. Oh, yeah. I play a lot of TLC on, a, on on these presentations, and I play a, I'll tell you two songs I can go the rest of my life and never hear again and, and be perfectly okay with. <laughs> Pharrell Happy. Oh, yeah. And Journey Don't Stop Believing. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Those yes. two songs. Yeah. Way too played out. Yeah. I play on Zoom every day. Well, there you go. Uh, I, this is. I, I feel like for the first time, I haven't talked to anybody who I feel like I could probably break the record and go the mm. longest in yeah. a recording session for a Radio Flyer because this is, I don't think we've even touched the surface on all, all the things that yeah. that even I know that I've experienced with Swift, nonetheless mm -hmm. that he's experienced. Mm -hmm. We got we got some stories. <laughs> yeah, Swift. Man, it yeah. is so good to have you here. Hey, good to be here, man. And Thank you for having me, both of you guys. Man, we appreciate the love because uh, Swift is like, hey, man, I want to come on the show. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, duh, we'd love to have you. Yeah, so yeah of course. He's here. So um, Yeah. No, I had some FOMO, man. I said, man, you, you got all my friends coming up here like, like yeah, can I come through? Yeah. No, because I mean, <laughs> Freddie had sent me a picture of this room like, April or May last year, I was yeah. like, I want to come down, but I want to get on the mic and talk too. So yeah. hopefully uh, the episode is good, man. If I offended any of you out there, <laughs> if, Lewis, if Lewis is still here, he'll probably come in the room and tell you the same thing. <laughs> I, I think his ADD took him off to somewhere. Yeah, I know he was like, I can't where, sit where, here and where, be where quiet. Where did he go? Did he leave? He, no, I, he, I think he went. I don't know, but he's like, I can't, I can't sit here and be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, uh, I, I want to give it up for uh, the, the man who's been behind the turntables, on the mic, off yeah. the mic, worldwide now, all over uh, the place, all over the yeah. place, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Mr. Swift. Thank yeah. you, guys. Hey, Radio Flyer, man. I hope you guys blow up to the moon and back, baby. Swift. Hey. Uh, you have the spotlight to Thank close you guys. out the, the episode, so it's all you. Last words. Um, Let me just do this. Let me give a, a couple shout-outs. First off to you guys, Freddie, Michelle, for having me on the podcast today. Appreciate it, uh, giving me this opportunity to tell my story, my adventure, my career through radio. It's been one hell of a ride. Uh, shout out to all the people who have ever put me on at your station. First off, John Magic, Patty Moreno, Ant Dog in Palm Springs for putting me on my very first on-air gig. My boy DJ Delvin, one of my best friends who uh, referred me to Jesse Duran to come back 
and do Inland Empire Radio. Shout out to Jesse Duran. Shout out to Picasso. Shout out to some of my best friends in radio. Vin Dog, my partner in crime. You know, we did a lot of mix show together, the weekend get down. Shout out to Noah Ayala, the Power 106 K Day fam. Shout out to Chris Lose, uh, the homie Bam Bam over at Old School 1047. DJ Super James, my dude right there. One of the most genuine, cool people, good people I've ever met in my years in radio. That's a good dude right there. And everyone else that I forgot, I'm sorry, didn't do it intentionally. I didn't realize this was turning into (laughs) an award speech or something. But, uh, oh, most importantly, and I forgot you guys, and I should have said this first. Most importantly, thank you to all the listeners who have ever listened to me on any station I've ever been on. Because without you guys, what would we be doing, right? Talking to the wall. (laughs) So, shout out all the listeners. 2022, let's keep shining. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Swift. Thank you, guys. Hey, Radio Flyer, man. I hope you guys blow up to the moon and back, baby. Yeah.